Good evening and welcome to Adventures in Lollygagging. Thank you for joining us tonight for our continuing Hyborian Tales. Fortune has been restored, momentum is at zero, and doom is back down to 14. I'm going to give us a quick little recap of what happened last week. The players will uh, introduce themselves and their characters, and then we're going to dive into the action um, unfortunately, Stephen is not here tonight to be executed uh, by myself or the group, so we'll have to wait for two weeks to see whether or not Sobek survives. But he'll be in the background tonight, um, so keep an eye peeled for Sobek's possible demise without Stephen here. All right, two weeks ago, the party was carousing in the city of Paikang. Um, in the country of Kitai, after having left Zamora um, to escape possible uh, deific issues with both Set and uh, the spider god Zehud. While here in Paikang, both Zamir and Sobek learned of the consequences of their duties. Zamir feeling the wasting sickness that the demon crouching in his soul exerts when it hungers, and Sobek feeling the pressing rage of a cloud of bloody ghosts that cling to his spirit for the murders he committed by proxy. Sobek also accepted a new patron, Huye, the Tiger Lord and Bailiff to the Courts of Hell, while Roya Aurelia and Sir Jolden uh, were dropped into a bit of a moral quandary as a young warrior woman begged them to help her save her village from a powerful bandit chieftain who has sworn to take the town and its inhabitants as his own. While in the city, the party also made contact with the owner of a tea house, a man named Wo Fung, who agreed to be their patron and act on their behalf while during their time in Kitai. This patron introduced the party to Lu Tian, a powerful merchant lord and his entourage. Lord Lu Tian, through his translator Bai Hui, told the tale of the fall of a powerful Wu Rin who lived during the reign of the Song Emperor and how this Wu Rin had sought to escape from the Ninth Court of Hell ever since his imprisonment. This escape was prophesized, and it would happen by the sacrifice of a woman born on the night of a blood moon. Lu Tian's daughter, Lu Taijun, is just such a woman, and she was kidnapped two nights ago and spirited away to the Swamp of the Dead where the Wu Rin, now known as Death of Midnight Shining, has manifested his pagoda, straddling the realm of the living and the Ninth Court of Hell. The pagoda will remain in the swamp for two weeks until the moon is full, at which point the Death of Midnight Shining must sacrifice Lu, Lu Taijun to Zhuanlun Wang, the judge of the Tenth Court of Hell, to and this will allow him to return to the mortal realm permanently, as a plague upon the land. The party agreed to rescue Lord Lu's daughter in return for ten counts of jade pieces and a beautiful ancient horn bow that was a Lu family heirloom. They were each given five gold worth of jade in advance and moved to nicer accommodations within the city, and they were also told that a scholar would visit them in the morning to help them prepare for their journey into the Swamp of the Dead. As the entourage left, the exorcist in the party warned Sobek of his danger, and that should any other exorcists within the city of Paikang see Sobek before he is dealt with the cloud of bloody ghosts, he would likely be executed on the spot. And that 
is how Stephen once again got himself into trouble. So now we're going to go through. We're going to we're going to introduce uh, the players and characters, and then we'll dive into the action. Um, we will start with Aurelia. Actually, tell us about her. I'm playing Aurelia. She's our hunter. Unlike me, she does not overshare. Uh, she's very practical, sussing. She keeps straight to the point. Um, and she's in a little bit of a moral quandary. She knows that we have a very important deadline, so we need to obviously prioritize this kind of mission. Um, but she's really interested in helping that village, uh, unlike how she was unable to help her own. So, yeah. Excellent. Jeff, tell us about Zamir, the future consort of the goddess Orzuli. Yes, Amir Azad of Zamora, many Z's in his name. Uh, he is an assassin of the Black Hand. Uh, he is a surprisingly noble, I think. Most people might not realize uh, that he is, uh, at, at, at his heart, a very good man who does not kill for sport or for, for no reason. He kills for coin, but he, he does so at the behest of people far more intelligent and renowned than him. Uh, he makes no no such decision. So, uh, the idea then of this uh, this fang of Set uh, beseeching him to sacrifice someone it, it did not sit well uh, with Zamir. Uh, he is a known and respected uh, assassin, not one, not a murderer, not not like Sobek. He is uh, he has standards, and he will not uh, he will not be pushed to this. Though, if it means not. Having the 200-year reunion, uh, perhaps it will change his mind at some point. We will see. Thank you. And Long, tell us about Sir Drusus. Jolt. Yes, I'm a noble warrior, Drusus. I've traveled my lands looking for a new place to make a kingdom, doing as many deeds as I can to be renowned. Excellent. And last but not least, Melissa, tell us about Roya. Uh, yes, yeah, so Roya is our shaman. Uh, she travels with a donkey named Ben. She was very glad to sort of be out of kind of the city area and do some traveling. Um, she's fairly comfortable with the nomadic life. Uh, she's also glad that uh, she can get back to her supportive nature of all of us traveling together and making choices together and not having to leave someone to be tortured and go do other things. Uh, Cause that sort of went against that supportive nature. Um, and she's very intrigued about this swamp of the dead area. Fantastic. So the camera pans in, and we see a very nice building on the cusp of the market district um, in, in the classic style. And the sun is just coming up over the horizon. And we find our party asleep, each in their own individual rooms, laid down on thick, thick mats over heated floors. This is the most comfortable you have slept since you have left Zamora and perhaps since much longer before that. But you're each woken to the sounds of clanking dishes and movement and muttering, and it sounds like very off-key singing coming from downstairs. What do you do? 
going to account for everybody first. Aurelia, Julusis, Raya, Sobek, is everyone accounted for? Everyone is accounted for on the second floor. When you look in at Sobek, he is bleary-eyed and slowly pulling himself up off his mat, and you see his mat is streaked with, with dried blood, and you see his face and body are covered in very shallow scratches and bruises, almost as if the entire night he was surrounded in a swarm of, of scratching, screaming, feral creatures. With that, Samir will look to the others, produce a dagger from somewhere. Be on your guard. Uh, someone has assaulted our associate, and now there is someone in our home. Uh, Aurelia, can you see who it is? Uh, yeah. And she's not very subtle about it at all. She's just going to stomp right downstairs. <laughs> and when you get downstairs, um, you see a man, um, a very, very, very fat man in heavily layered robes. He's got like three chins um, and a bald head. Uh, and he's wearing uh, ropes and ropes of pair of prayer beads around his neck. They're they're so thick that you're not even sure how he's possibly standing. And he's in sandaled feet that are on wood blocks, making him about three inches taller than he should be. And he's chortling and singing to himself. And his eyes appear to be closed, but in one hand he's juggling a a large tray with bowls of rice and fermented vegetables on it. And in the other hand, he's juggling a tray with, it looks like cups of tea. And he's, you would almost guarantee that he's drunk to the point of almost falling down as he totters around, uh, slowly putting things down on the table and spinning bowls around. But, even though it looks like he's about to fall down at every moment, not a drop is spilled, not a grain of rice. Uh, and Aurelia will just greet him uh, politely, like, good good morning. And he puts out both his hands, and he puts both ha well, hand on either side of your face and gives you a kiss on the forehead, and he's like, you, you, Cannot understand a thing I am saying, can you? And he is speaking gibberish at you. <laughs> yeah. And Aurelius just kind of like. And he motions, he motions for you to sit at the table. And, and he goes, shh. <laughs> and he okay. continues to babble. Uh, you have no idea what he's saying, but and then he's 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 pointing at you and he's pointing upstairs and 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 giving the motion to 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 summon your friends. Yeah, and Aurelia will just kind of like call out, uh, breakfast is here. Oh, that sounds amazing. I don't remember the last time I ate. Breakfast. And as as you come down the stairs, Sir Jolden, you see this 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 giant man that I just described, and he's reaching inside his robes, and you see him pull out a fish. It looks like a cut salted prepared fish that he puts down on a platter and he's 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 putting out these two two paired sticks at every position and he's, he's like mm, mm, you know, eat eat but of course he's saying it in a language you don't understand 
pick up the two sticks, sort of look look at them. Like, and then he, he picks these. up a pair and he shows you how to hold them and how to shovel. He's, he's just he's pantomiming shoveling food in your mouth with the chopsticks, but uh, he himself has not touched any of the food. But then he stands back and he's kind of tapping his hands, waiting for everybody else to come downstairs. So Roya, having been informed by Zamir uh, that Sobek had some injuries, she, of course, would be trying to kind of patch him up and do what she can to try to help him. And the moment you start putting bandages on him, they're torn away by invisible hands. None of the cuts are deep. I mean, you don't even think they're enough to, in game terms, cause, you know, a, a, a single wound. But... Uh, and even as you watch, you see another shallow scratch go across his forehead. Uh, Zamir, I, yes. I, I don't believe that anyone came in and did this. Uh, do, do you recall the conversation about the ghosts around him? It is a very difficult conversation to forget. Yes, right. Yeah, I, I think they're still here. That this is he he brought this on himself, it would seem. They are not harming uh, myself or you or anyone else. Does not appear so. I have no scrapes or bruises. No, that I, I was don't. right. I was looking right at a scratch when it happened, and nothing happened to me. Oh. Well, I am not one who would claim any knowledge of sorcery, but this is, uh, I would imagine, a payment uh, or a price for some of his deeds. Um, we should check sure. on him and make sure it doesn't get worse, but I think we could probably go eat some food and he'll be okay. I am very so hungry. Sobek does get up and he's muttering under his breath, Damn, exorcists, eastern, by set. I, I'll figure this out. And he he himself stumbles his way downstairs. You know, he's tender. You could tell his movements are tender, but he doesn't seem to be disabled by this, at least not at the moment. As you all he get down fine. there. Yeah. I was going to say, if all, he is fine, then we should go. We're good. We should get food. As you all find yourself down around the table, you as you come downstairs, you, you all see this, this large man. And when he sees that everybody's here, he sits down at the table himself and he reaches into the other side of his robe and he pulls out this writing kit and he pulls out a scroll of paper. And from another pocket, he pulls out an inkwell and a brush and he starts writing or what you assume is writing. It's the same kind of words that you've seen all over Kitai in a language you don't understand. Uh, but it's it's the sim it's the pictographic language of of Kitai. And he takes a few moments and his brush strokes are perfect, even though he seems to be swaying the entire time he's writing. And then he looks down and grunts and seems satisfied, and he folds the scroll up into a very, very small bundle and pops it into his mouth. And then he takes his brush and he approaches each of you and then just like a viper striking out one dot of ink right between each of your eyes. No, no, don't touch it. And at this point, you understand him in your native language. Each of you are hearing him 
in a, in a different language, perhaps, but you all understand him. Uh, Can everyone now understand what I say? Yes. Yes. Oh, that's good, because that scroll would give me indigestion for days. Ugh, such sorcery. Ugh. But we had to talk. And I did not want anything to be misunderstood between us. Well, first, thank you very much for breakfast. This food oh. is delicious. You are so kind. Thank you. I pride myself on my on my fermented vegetables. And this fish, it was caught at some point, and it's still very good, I am sure. Did you catch the fish? No, 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 no. But you prepared it. Oh, no, 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 no. But you delivered it. Yes, this I did. <laughs> well, well, thank you. You are You're almost uh, very welcome. kind. And you would be Zamir, right? Am I right in this? Uh, you are correct. I am not aware of your name, however. No, no, of course you're not. And you are Aurelia, and you are Sir Jordan, and you are Roya, and you are Sobek the heretic sorcerer cursed by ghosts. Yes. Uh, my name I will not give you, because names have power. And you should all know that. The fact that you gave me your names, well, that I was given your names, it's, it's not good. But I am the scholar that was foretold, and I will help you prepare for the Swamp of the Dead. Which is why I brought to you this this feast. Not that it will help you in the Swamp of the Dead, but it will make you feel better as you journey to the Swamp of the Dead. So first, and he once again reaches into his robes and he pulls out this packet and he starts unfolding it. And you see in it five jade necklaces. They look sort of like pair, by a very large prayer beads with a medallion in the middle. And he hands one to each of you. And he says, put these on. Go, 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 go. Yeah. Morelli does, no question. Yep. Now, these are enchanted. They are wards that will protect you. And Zamir, the moment you put it on, you feel better. All of the fatigue you were feeling, any of the despair you were feeling is has been lifted off of you. And you feel better than you have had since you had the falling out with the demon within the blade. Probably and you sits see, up a little bit and kind of doesn't say anything out loud, but sits up a little bit, a little, little straighter in his chair. Kind of pokes at the amulet a bit. What is this thing? The scholar winks at you and taps the side of his nose. He goes, this is a ward that will help you within the Swamp of the Dead. It protects you against the miasma of clawing death, against despair, against fatigue. For if you were to travel into the Swamp of the Dead unprotected, each step you took would sap more of who you are until you were so tired that you would either simply lay down in the water and become one of the drowned dead or collapse upon one of the root clusters or... or paths through the swamp and become one of the hungry ghosts. Do not take these off while you are in the swamp of the dead. They will last, the enchantments will last for the setting of two suns and the dawn of the third. If you are still within the swamp after the dawn of the third day, 
you should run because it will claim you and it will claim you quickly. Under no circumstances take the necklace off while you're in the swamp, regardless of what happens. Do you have questions about the necklace? Necklace that repels the dead. No, no, no. It does not repel the dead. The dead will come for you. It prevents the swamp of the dead from draining your vitality. All of the dead within the swamp will potentially come for you. The necklace will provide you no protection against them. It basically you, cements your soul within your body. Do you have another necklace, perhaps, that does what uh, Sir Drusus uh, has requested? No, no. Those would, that would be very expensive to make. Can you imagine that? And it would be a bell, not a necklace, a bell. And you would have to ring it I, constantly as you walk through the swamp. Very tiring as well. But no, no, I have nothing I apologize. Like I am I, so very sorry. I did not mean offense. Oh, no. No offense taken. No offense taken. How would you know? I mean, your heretic priest may have an understanding, but how would you know? But I'd have other information for you. Because I have traversed the Swamp of the Dead. I think I am the only living man or woman to have traversed the Swamp of the Dead in recent memory. I know of two ways to go through the swamp. He says, first, and this time he pulls a candle out of his robes. And it's like three feet long. And it's thick, like six-inch diameter. You have no idea where it's coming from out of his robes. And he goes, you can take this white candle to the edge of the swamp of the dead. There is a small pier there before you would lead yourself onto the paths. And at the end of that pier, there are two lanterns. You can light each of the lanterns and beg passage from Hebai Wuchong, who are the ferrymen of the dead to the Chinese hells. The swamp of the dead is close enough to the plane of the dead that you could summon these Two gentlemen. One is dressed all in black with a mask of obsidian, and one is dressed all in white with a mask of ivory. And they they have a skiff made of bone. And you could offer, make offerings to them, and they will take you wherever you wish to go within the swamp of the dead. But for each location you wish to visit, the offering grows for each of you. But while you are on the skiff of bone, you are completely safe within the swamp of the dead. It's natural pitfalls, the quicksand, the sucking mud. None of that could touch you. And the hungry ghosts and drowned dead cannot approach the skiff of bone. But the price they will demand is not small. There is one other way to traverse the swamp of the dead. Would you like to hear that about that one too? Before that one, you offering, you specify what they want. You will have to negotiate with with them, with Hei Bai Wu Chong. I can only tell you that when they requested offerings of me, they said, you must go into the temple district of Bai Gang and you must enrich our shrine with incense and gold and jade and build upon it. Or you must find those who will come to our shrine and exhaust themselves in prayer so that we may gain vitality from their prayers. The third option was to sacrifice blood to feed Hei Bai Wu Zhong. 
so that their physical manifestation here in the lands of the living would be strengthened. So you may first, well, they told me that I may make offerings at their shrine so they are recognized in the celestial bureaucracy or feed their soul or their bodies. I would assume that they may ask the same of you. It is typical for spirits and demons. The second way, if you are interested, and once again, this time he pulls his robe out really wide and he reaches it, looks like he's reaching under his armpit or something, and he pulls out a small bamboo cage. And within the bamboo cage, you see a perfectly pale white cricket, a very large cricket sitting on a bed of grass, and it's slightly glowing. He says, now, you can take the cricket, and as you approach the swamp, the cricket will chirp, and the chirping of the cricket will call down a moon path along the waters and byways of the swamp. And if you stay on the moon path, wherever it is you wish to go, the path will take you. But it does not guarantee that you will not run across the dangers of the swamp along the path. Only your skills at survival and perception might protect you from what may lay within the swamp. But it will get you where you want to go at no cost to you, as long as the cricket does not die. Those are the two ways that I know of. We have to choose one of these two. You probably should choose one of these two, but I will not require it. You may go however you wish. I am simply here to provide you knowledge. So we can take both the candle and the cricket. I would advise that you take them both, yes. Okay. Um, I have a question. Of course, Aurelia. How may I help you? How do you fight a ghost? Very, very difficult. They are incorporeal and often invisible and only become visible when they strike at you to tear pieces of your soul away so it may feed them and keep them anchored. Your weapons will work against a ghost because as it manifests to attack you, you may strike at it, but weapons do not bite deep into the incorporeal. Sorcery, of course, can help as well, but your, your sorcerer-priest seems to be a bit under the weather. I should say so with all of the bloodied ghosts that are currently gnawing at his flesh, but uh, those are the ways. Your weapons will work as long as you are not overwhelmed by the dead. Is there a way to empower our weapons if we perhaps got them blessed? Oh, absolutely. You could definitely. There are there are runesmiths here within Pike Gang, uh, great weapon artists who could bind enchantments into your blade, celestial enchantments, or or attach uh, great scrolls of prayers to help you. But this takes time. And you only have two weeks before the full moon. So that you may try that, but you may find that you do not quite have enough time because the travel to the swamp will take three days by itself. But that is a delicious, a very excellent question. I'm sorry. I, I, uh, how long did you say it will take us to get there? And how long did you say these necklaces will protect us? 
The necklaces will protect you while you're in the swamp. They they will not begin to degrade until you enter the swamp. So you are fine. I see. Once you enter the swamp, you will have the two, you know, you'll have the until the dawning of the third day. Um, which should be plenty of time, depending on which path you choose. But there are many things within the swamp. Though nothing lives within the swamp, there are many denizens of the swamp. Some could offer you assistance, and some may offer you pain and suffering. Disguised as assistance, I'm assuming. No, no, just directly pain and suffering. Some of them are just horrible bastards. Oh, okay. Well, that that's good to know. So much knowledge, yes. So much knowledge, and I am so parched and so befret of jade. Was there anything else you'd like to know? Uh, is going to offer him the five jade that she got as like a precursory like payment. He holds out his hands and he bows. He's like, you are so kind to me, Aurelia. What is it that I can help you with? Would you like to know more of the Swamp of the Dead? Yes. I will tell you this. The Pagoda of Death of Midnight Shining straddles the ninth, the ninth Court of Hell and the Land of the Living. Only part of the Pagoda is likely to be within the Land of the Living. It is said that Death of Midnight Shining is a master of defensive sorcery and a great combatant and that he sees all within his pagoda. So you should look for ways to distract him if you choose to try to sneak in. I also know for a fact that the young lady who's been kidnapped and enscrolled and ensorcered by him can only be awoken through a ritual that will free her from the grasp of hell. It will take time, and I think after your very generous offer to my drinking account, he pulls out a scroll, and he hands it over to Sobek. If you intone this ritual above her, you will be able to pull her fully back into the land of the living, but it will take time, so you will need to be prepared. Thank you. No, thank you, my dear. Hmm. Mr. Scholar, uh, you may take some. Uh, he will kind of awkwardly try to hand over some of his jade as well. I have a, another question. If if you are a, a scholar, that is, you know much of this place and of other things as well, I would imagine. I have been given a secondary task uh, within this one. Uh, I would not belabor on board you with the specifics, uh, but suffice to say, I am meant to bury a blade uh, into the, the past of a dead man. Is you, you seem like a very intelligent man. You seem to know many things of this place. Is, is this as simple as I think it is, that I just... I have to confront uh, a man of the dead. Or is I there more to it? Simple is not the right word. Uh, I know who you must seek within the within the swamp. 
You must find Wu Shijiang, the Black Heart. Uh, I see. He resides within the swamp with his consort, the Crone of Crows, once known as the Morrigan. Oh. Now they actually may offer you assistance. Uh, for a price, of course. They are not evil. They are simply not not rooted strongly into the world of the living. It is said that once he was immortal, a sin eater, but that he began to love the sins that he consumed. He became a glutton of sin and despair. And it is said that that sin and despair eventually blackened his heart and turned it into a great maw that absorbs all death. I would say that through the maw of his black heart, you would reach his past, and that is where you must sink the blade. So I must, I must fight him. I must kill him. Unlikely. He thrives on devouring the sins of others, and what has greater sin than a demon? Uh, you can probably negotiate for him to absorb your blade. Mortal weapons cannot kill him. And he is uh, at a separate location within the swamp. It is not near the pagoda, yes. Somewhere else. No, it is not near the pagoda, no, yes. It's somewhere else. Uh, not far. I, I will tell you this, that the Crone of Crows and uh, Wu Shijiang used to be the, well, the Swamp of the Dead used to be their domain until uh, until the pagoda formed within the swamp. So they have no love for Death of Midnight Shining. Oh. But... But as all spirits, they will want to exact a price of some sort for their help. That was very useful. Thank you very kindly. Oh, thank you also for contributing to my drinking. A terrible habit, but I do love it so. Uh, so Roy has sort of been watching what's been happening. And so she like digs into some of the jade that she has and she'll kind of offer it over to him as well. And she will ask, uh, so, and she'll kind of point to Sobek and, you know, all of the cuts and everything that he's accumulated over the night. Um, and she'll just sort of point to that and just say, is that what we can expect over the next several days of our travel? Is that what's in store for us? For, for you, my dear? No, no, yes. no. The ghosts, uh, the ghosts only hunger for the blood of the one who brought about their untimely demise. However, I will say your friend Sobek there, uh, his condition will continue to get worse until the ghosts grow strong enough on his blood to tear him limb from limb. Unless, of course, they're exercised at some point. And how Are might we go about doing able that? to exercise? Shh, Aurelia. Yes, I could, but I won't, because he deserves what is happening to him. Um, sorry, Sobek, I know that's quite rude of me to say, but you did murder and have have a some poor innocent man go in and murder an entire family. Um, so yes, you. the wheel requires justice, and it will turn upon your dying corpse. Uh, but there are others, perhaps, that will free him of this curse. In fact, I would probably suggest that you speak of this also to Wu Shijiang or the Crone of Crows. 
they may exact a price from him, but they will more than likely. After all, now that they have fed on blood, there is blackness in, in these ghosts' hearts, and that will draw Wuxer Jiang to them like a moth to flame. So you're saying that traveling with him puts all of us at risk? No, 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 no. The ghosts will not harm you. They will simply harm him worse and worse every moment that he remains alive. Once he's dead, they will disperse. But we would hope to avoid his death. Yes, I suppose, definitely, since you are his friends. And I'm sure he, I, yes, Sobek, yes, I can see. Yes, you would prefer not to die as well. But I, that is not, uh, that is outside of my control. But I, I do suggest you get him out of the city very quickly because with the exorcists find him, they will definitely ensure that his time upon the mortal plane is brief and painful. And then they will send him to the second court of hell where he can languish for his crimes against uh, the city of Kitai. In the time that we've known him, he's already spent uh, days being tortured. So it seems like him being in pain is just what seems to happen to him. Well, we all have a karmic destiny, and apparently this is his. How long will this translation spell work? It will work between you and I um, until I have fully digested the scroll in my stomach, or you wipe the dot of ink off of your forehead. It will not work for anyone else. It is simply a conduit for us to communicate. Oh, okay. Fascinating. Over oh. a distance or just while we are here? No, just as we would con converse. If you go upstairs, you will not be able to hear me. Okay. It simply okay. makes things easier, I find. You have been uh, most helpful in the formative, and uh, we thank you very much. Uh, we have some discussion and decisions to make and a journey to take. Yes? Indeed. Absolutely. And I was meant to tell you that the scholar has provided four horses for you so you can travel to the Swamp of the Dead um, quickly. Remember, Oscar. you must return the daughter, Lu Taijun, uh, must be out of the swamp before the rising of the full moon. If she is still within the swamp at that point, she will be sacrificed to the judge of the court of the 10th hell. And... Death of Midnight Shining will become a living plague upon the land. But this no pressure. Uh, right. No pressure. Okay. I'm sure you do fine. I'm of course, of course. We we have we have faced down far more difficult tasks, have we not? Don't answer Absolutely. that. Yes. Personally, I will be traveling uh, for a while outside of the country, uh, but I'm sure to hear about your uh, exploits, and I will return. You know, more once we know how it is out, uh, how the outcome is. Well, I look forward to meeting you uh, on our successful return. We shall uh, get uh, a glass of wine uh, or, or some other uh, refreshment together uh, upon that time. Zamir, you speak words to my heart. Of course. With that, he stands up and he bows, bows to you all, uh, even over his enormous gut. Stands, wobbles a little bit, turns and walks out and you see him get on the back of a poor dejected looking donkey who uh suffering under the weight of its master 
slowly starts to clop down the street. What would you like to do? Well, I think we have very little time to waste. I know that while I am feeling um, more invigorated, I worry what this um, this cost that is floating over me when it will trigger once again. So the sooner we tend to this task, I think the better for both myself and for Sobek, and apparently there is a ticking clock uh, on the land itself. So the more quickly, I think the yes. more time we have. Yes? Yeah, I agree. I, I do not believe we have additional preparations that need to be made. Let us get some provisions, let us get our horses, and let us begin. Yes? What do we need to keep a cricket alive? Uh, what do crickets eat? Water, grass. You have a feeling. I, you, you think it'll be fairly simple to keep the cricket alive. You think it's probably more of the spirit world, more of a yokai than, mm. than an actual yeah. living being. So, Of course. That makes more sense, yes. It would be a hot if a normal cricket could bring down moonlight. Uh, <laughs> okay. Do you have any so, tasks that we need to complete before we leave? I need to pick up my bird. That's about it. Go do that. I'll pack our things. So as Aurelia packs up her things, Sir Jolden gets his bird... You all converge at the stables, uh, get your horses, and begin to make your journey south to the Swamp of the Dead. It takes you a little over two days, not as bad as as was forecasted, because the weather itself has is agreeing with you, almost as if the celestial bureaucracy um, is hoping for your success. You find yourselves making your way uh, towards... Um, the Swamp of the Dead, uh, mid-morning, as you approach the short pier that was described to you by the scholar. At this point, you have to make a decision. How do you want to proceed? So, Bruises. go ahead. Sorry, well, I was going to say... And I know this might come across as somewhat self, uh, self, self-centered of me. I think we should go to this, uh, this uh, black heart in the uh, the crone. Uh, they perhaps not only could they assist me, Samir, of course, but it does sound as they have no love uh, for the demon that has uh, brought this pagoda into the swamp. So perhaps we could get not just assistance with my own problem, but with our larger task. And they may be willing to help Sobek as well. So we could possibly have both of you in a better place for the rest of this mission. Indeed, yes. The question, Drusus, I don't know what you think. If if we should take the, the cricket, uh, or if we should take the... Um, uh, the this pier, the light the candle. Well, we're all healthy. We've rested quite a bit. Let's say we offer some of our soul, as they say, to these spirits. 
Who is who's lighting the torches? Or no, two little they're lanterns on the or end lanterns. of the pier. Yep. I'll take a hold uh, of a lantern and light it up. So when you pull the candle out and you light the flame, the flame is black. Black as midnight. Um, and the candle begins to burn down very quickly. But you're able to light both of the lanterns. And almost immediately after the second lantern being lit, uh, you hear what sounds like a boat being pulled through the water. And as the mists at the edge of the swamp start to part, you see a, a, a long, it's about 20 foot long and about 10 feet wide skiff that appears to be made of broken bones, human broken bones. And standing on it, pulling, one, one man pulling, dressed all in black with an with a, um, obsidian mask completely obscuring his face. And at the back of the rudder is another man dressed all in white with an ivory mask obscuring his entire face. And the skiff comes up and it pulls up right next to the end of the pier. And at the same time, both turn to face you. You have called Hei Bai Wu Chong to escort you through the swamps of the dead or perhaps beyond. What sacrifices and offerings are you willing to make for your passage? Where do you wish to go? We wish to find the Black Maw. Passage of four five. Mm. Want to offer as much spirits, much prayer as you need. They nod to you. Now, mechanically, what this actually is going to entail is that the next time that um, you pay your upkeep, in other words, the, at the start of the next carousing phase, you will have to pay um, just like a demand, very similar to what uh, Jeff and Sobek did last time, two effect dice for each link that you travel with them. So if you travel to see uh, the Crone of, Cro uh, of Crows and uh, the Blackheart, that would be two effect dice when you pay your upkeep. If they then went to the temple, it would be four dice. If then you came out of the swamp, it would be a total of six dice. So when you do your upkeep, and that six dice can be, you know, you roll you roll the six dice, you determine how much you actually owe. And it can be paid in gold and jade. It can be paid in, in worship through resolve or of, of someone other than yourself. Or it can be paid in, in vigor blood sacrifice of someone else so you don't have to make that decision now we'll just tally up how much you owe them as you travel through the swamp is that for each of us or just one or each of you you much like sharon you've got to you've got to pay your coin to the ferryman would you if you wish to travel upon the bone skiff you simply must give your word that you will pay the price when the time has come. Should you perish while you're within the swamp, your souls are forfeit and will be taken by us as currency into the hells. If you agree to this, simply step upon the skiff and tell me where you wish to go. The way is here. Shall you all follow? Yes. 
then we shall help out Zamir, the Black Mouth. So you wish to travel to the domain of the Crone of Crows and Wu Shijiang, the Blackheart. And with that, they turn away from you and they start polling, they start ruttering, they do not speak again and almost do not move as the skiff moves off. The first day in the swamp has begun and you all feel a prickling sensation as the jade necklace seems to bite a little bit into your neck and you all see small black cracks begin to form and pieces of the jade. It takes almost a half a day to traverse to the location. And as you approach, you see a, a large hut on stilts. Um, no door on it, uh, but light coming out through the reeds. And the skiff pulls up right outside of the hut. You may go in. You are safe. The skiff of bone protects you while you are on the swamp. And the home of the crone of crows protects you while you are inside. Though I cannot guarantee your bargains with her will go smoothly. Thank you. You make your way up the ladder across the platform and, and you're stopped at the opening to the door. Uh, you are faced with a man um, in, a, in, a, in a conical bamboo hat and black uh, robes fastened. He has a, what looks like a fan at his belt and a, a sword at his hip. And he simply looks at you um, and in a language you should not understand, but for some reason do, he states, what is your business here with the crone of crows? Well, it's not leisure. <laughs> he smiles. He, he actually does smile. He seems human, though much paler than, than you would expect. But he's been living in a swamp, so who knows? He goes, no, I would not guess leisure. And he reaches a finger out and just slightly lifts the jade necklace. And he goes, you don't have much time for leisure within the swamp. State that you offer no harm to the crone of crows or myself, and you will be allowed entrance into our home as hospitality demands. Right. We are no harm to the crone of crows. And he moves to the side, and you're allowed to walk into the hut. Now, on the inside, the hut is much bigger than it should be. Um, the floors are covered in, in, in uh, thick, plush rugs. There are tapestries hung on the wall. Uh, and everywhere you look, sometimes it looks like reeds. Sometimes it looks like wood planks. Sometimes it looks like stone. It, the inside of the, of the hut is never quite the same. In any moment that you look at it, but sitting on a very ornate chair uh, by the fire within the hut is a woman. You can't tell if she's young or old. Her, her skin is smooth, but there is an age about her. What's most disturbing is that where her eyes should be, there's just skin. 
Perched on either one of her shoulders are two of the largest storm crows you've ever seen. She has long, delicate fingers, um, and on her right hand, they're very youthful, like a teenager's hand, but her left hand looks like the hand of a very old woman. And as she, as you enter, it's not her head that moves, but the, but the eyes of the crows follow you everywhere you go as she stands. And the gentleman who you assume is um, the Blackheart, Wu Shijiang, moves around the fire to stand next to her. And she gives a slight nod, not the bow you've grown used to while you've been at Katai, but a slight nod. And then she speaks in pure, perfect Bassonian. What brings you to my home, travelers? Uh, and Aurelia kind of like gestures to Zamir because that's kind of why we're here. Why are you, uh, why are you pointing at me? Aurelia, what did she say? Uh, but you didn't hear it. Well, Zamir doesn't speak Bosonian. So Aurelia oh. does. She's from the Bosonian marches. So, <laughs> so what did uh, she say? Why are you oh, gesturing she... at me? Oh, uh, wow. Okay. Uh, she wants to know why we're here. And so once she realizes that she was the only one who really understood, uh, she'll kind of step forward. Um, we have some sins that we were hoping that you could help eat. Hmm. She holds out her young hand and the crow hops down and perches and you have no idea how she's holding her hand up because this bird has to weigh 30 pounds mm -hmm. and then the bird's beak moves forward and just slowly taps the edge of its beak against each one of your eyelids and then pops back up onto her shoulder and then she starts speaking and all of you understand her I see you have greater purpose than simply this, but we will start with the sins. My love, Wusher, I believe you have an opportunity to feed on something richer than the diet of the death within the swamp. And you can see he almost seems to be shaking with anticipation. And he goes, what, what wickedness has, have you brought to me to consume for you? What do you offer me? Zamir will, with a flourish as, as per usual, the thing of Seth will come into his grasp. I, um, retrieved this item, not fully understanding uh, the power that was imbued within. And now that power has uh, taken hold of me, and I am not uh, one to serve this master. <clears throat> yes, I can now, I can smell the demon crouched within you. Like a, like a tumor in your mind. And you actually hear the demon once again scratching at your mind. 
no, 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 no. Don't give me to him. I'm, I'm sure we can come to an accord. You'll get great. used to the gifts. My gifts choice. are great. You My gifts chance. are great. You are sapping me. No. And, I, uh, I apologize. It and it's sobbing distressed. in the back of your mind. He's like, oh, yes. Well, the demon knows that there will be no return to hell from where I will be sending it. But it is not a fair trade for you to lose a weapon and gain nothing. For you give me a great gift in this meal. And he pulls out his fan. And he flourishes it open. And it looks to be made of black crow feathers. But then he swipes it and it cuts through stone. He's like, I will give you my fan in exchange for you plunging your dagger through my heart. I Is this a deal hesitate. that you will accept? And will... Will I harm you, sir? No. I cannot be harmed. Not not in any way you could accomplish any longer. And will this fan shackle me in a different manner that this this fang has shackled me thus far? Oh no, no. It is it is simply a weapon. It was gifted to me, and he looks over at the crone of crows. My beloved, when she came here, wore a cloak of crow feathers and as a gift she made this fan for me and she has agreed that i may gift it to you so that her influence can be felt again in the world of the living i accept this trade so he reaches down and he opens his robes up and instead of a normal human chest you see this gaping wound where his heart should be and it seems to be chewing in at itself. There's no teeth, no gums, but the wound itself seems to be trying to masticate uh, the very air around it. And you can briefly see small wisps of ghostly energy feeding into them all. It's like, I starve on the dead within the swamp. This will be a meal to feed me for months. You simply need to plunge your arm into my chest and let go of the dagger. And the demon in the back of your head is just raking at you and begging you not to do it. You will hold the thing in his hand. He will wince at the scratching and screaming of the demon in the back of his mind. And he will take a deep breath. This is the will of my patron. And then I will, like, just kind of blow a kiss at the sky. And then I will thrust the dagger into his chest. You feel your arm, your hand pass in. And it is the coldest sensation you've ever felt. Oh, I mean, God. it's so cold that your hand immediately stiffens. And you feel that it may never be warm again. And then when you pull it out, the dagger is gone. And immediately the sensation is gone. And as you look down at it, he places the folded up fan in your hand. And he goes, a deal well struck, my friend. And I will add that to your character sheet. Indeed. You are not harmed. No, no, I am in fact invigorated by your offering. If we did not have more pressing matters, I would gladly listen to the story of how uh, 
such a wound made its way onto your chest. Oh, it is. I ate so many sins that the weight of death and evil collapsed my heart. And so I wandered away to find somewhere where I would be accepted for what I am, not living, not dead, a conduit for evil from this world to the next. I see. There is um, nobility in that, I, I believe. Ah. Of a sort. Of a sort. He's like just flexing his hand at this point. Very curious about this, the, the sudden shift in temperature. But then as part of flexing it, he starts moving the fan around. Oh, this is, this will do quite nicely. Yes. Let's see if I can get it over there for you. Uh, it should just be drag and drop. Yep. It's there. Yep. I see it. There it is. All right. Okay. Nice. So, uh, at that, he's like, all right. Did you have other business with me? Yes, we, we did, actually. And uh, Royal will kind of gesture in Sobek's direction. And she'll just, you know, sort of, I'm sure you can see what's going on mm. here. And she'll just sort of gesture in the general direction. Yes, your friend. If friend is truly what you call him, is is suffering a plague of ghosts that he has brought upon himself through foolish indiscretion. All know that if you are going to murder someone, you must appease their ghost immediately, or at least hide yourself from the ghost's vision as it leaves the body. Sloppy work. What can be done since the steps were skipped? Mm. I can tear the ghosts from him. That sounds And great. devour them. Oh, it will be. He will suffer for my ministrations. Either in mind or body, he will be weakened forever from this. But only slightly compared to what would happen should the ghosts become powerful enough to truly get their vengeance upon him. We have been warned that if nothing is done, they will continue to do what they are doing until he has ripped them from limb. Is this oh, yes. accurate information? Within the Swamp of the Dead, they grow even more powerful. He has less than 12 hours to live. Oh. Well, it seems that we should do what we can for him then. So be it. And so, um, Wusher Jung grabs Sobek and forces his jaw open. And then you see Wusher Jung's jaw open so much wider than any humans should be able to open. And he clamps his mouth across Sobek's face. I mean, basically covering his nose and his mouth so that there's no way that Sobek can breathe in or out. And you hear this great gust of air. Um, and it almost looks like Sobek is shriveling. And, and being pulled inside out for a moment as the ghosts are devoured. Um, and I'm going to pull up Sobek's sheet. Sorry, Stephen. Um, and your vigor 
is permanently reduced by one. At least permanently insofar as, as you think at the moment. There may be other ways to restore it, but, but not here. But the ghost plague um, is has been devoured by the Sin Eater. You see him take out a black handkerchief and wipe at his mouth. You heretic priest, you should be more careful. The wheel demands your life. I would not spend much time in the East if I were you. Your crimes grow with each moment. But you miraculously see all the small cuts and bruises on Sobek's body heal, though he does seem weakened by the exchange. Roya just sort of looks over at him, like, kind of in that whiny, like, we just got here and now we have to leave. <laughs> but uh, so he is freed of the ghosts and Zamir is freed of the demon blade and the crone of crows is now looking at you through the eyes of her crows. Is there anything else that you wish to bargain for? Druses. Um, what are you gesturing at? I think they might be able to help us with the other thing. Oh, you think so? I'll ask them. <laughs> so... Uh, while we're in the Swamp of the Dead, we're actually trying to find the daughter, Lu Taijun. Do you know anything of that? Mm. The sacrifice claimed by the death of Midnight Shining and taken to his pagoda. Yes, nothing happens within the Swamp of the Dead that I do not see. Thor, and she gestures up, and, and you see now at, at, the, at the, uh, the ceiling of this... Uh, of this hut and the ceiling is like 30 feet up i mean it makes absolutely no sense to you but you, what you see is thousands of ghostly crows and ravens and corvids circling about and she goes once i was the morrigan and the crows are my eyes living and dead they all come to me i see everything within the swamp I see everything where there is a crow. I know what is happening. So ask your questions and we will make a fair bargain for their answers. Where can we find her? She is within the pagoda. That I will give you for free. She's trapped in a state stuck between the ninth court of hell and the land of the living. Only through great rituals may you free her and pull her fully into the land of the living. I will tell you this also for free. Most of the pagoda is still within hell. It is only the great room, the great receiving hall, and the rafters above it that are actually within the swamp. And it is there that you will find her. We make it there, taking our methods, our current path. Yes, if you continue to use the services of Hebai Wu Chong and the Bone Skiff, they can take you directly to the pagoda. 
I remember correctly, we got a scroll from the source, the scholar, that it's like a ritual of some sorts. Yes, okay. you did. I saw that through one of my servants. If your sorcerer is up to the task, he can use the spell upon it to pull uh, the merchant's daughter fully into the land of the living. Though it will take him time, and time you may not have, for Death of Midnight Shining and his court are fell and powerful beings. Of course, there are always ways around such things. Do you have methods for us to go unnoticed? Mm, now we bargain, my friend. And she reaches over and she pulls out a very small vial. And she goes, I have something that might help one of you, or perhaps two of you, sneak in. But there is risk, I will not lie. It is the clotted dead blood of a vampire. For you see, the death of Midnight Shining will see all living things within the pagoda. But the dead and the undying perhaps can sneak by his gaze. Mechanically speaking, if you drink the vampire's blood and, you know, survive it, uh, your stealth checks will be a difficulty one while in the pagoda as opposed to a difficulty five. The stealth checks in the pagoda on, on vampire blood are unopposed, but inside, uh, without it, they would be opposed by the senses of Death of Midnight Shining in his court. But I tell you this now, there is only enough for two to drink of it. It's better than none of us. What do you want for it? Hmm. Well, first ask. I have a I have something that I definitely want. But I think perhaps the vampire blood alone is not a fair bargain for you. So ask what other questions you might have of me, and then we shall we shall finalize our bargain. Uh Roya would pipe up and say, We were we were counseled that uh, perhaps distracting might be a way in. Is there anything in particular that would be, uh, I'm sure there aren't many things that would be feared, but would call their attention? Death of Midnight Shining is a being of great arrogance, or he would not have had designs upon the Song Emperor's throne and his daughter, and he would have not fused himself with demonic energies to sustain himself within the hells. A challenge to him, a direct challenge, might be offer an excellent distraction. Others, there are, the pagoda itself, that part which is within the land of the living, is made of wood and rice paper. You could attack the pagoda itself. If you did enough damage, it might fall back into hell. But of course, you would want to make sure that you had retrieved the merchant's daughter first. But it would be a distraction. 
I will give you other information for free. He surrounds himself or has pulled from the court of hell a small retinue, five women, though women they are not truly. They are Penangela. You must be prepared if you face them. They are an undead scourge. And the sight of their true visage is enough to turn the bowels of the strongest warrior to water. Their heads will rip from their bodies. And they will attack you. Forewarned is forearmed. And this knowledge may help you offset that unsettling sight if it should come to pass. So by knowing this, she's mechanically reduced the difficulty for you of passing a discipline check if that should come to pass. Very nice. Now I believe that I've given you enough information for you to hopefully deal with Death of Midnight Shining. But I will warn you this, if you fail and fall within the Swamp of the Dead, Hei Bai Wu Chong will claim your souls and take them to hell. I am sure he has told, they have told you this already, but there is nothing that can be done to stop them. No boon that I could give you to keep you from that. Save you, dear Aurelia. Your soul belongs to me and always has. No Bassonian will die in the swamp of the dead and be claimed by any other than me. Thank you, Morgan. You're welcome. Although my sisters, Babda and Masha, are gone and I have come far to the east, you are still one of my children. She says, but now for our bargain. And she turns to Wu Shijiang and pulls out a pair of beautifully, beautifully crafted swords in black scabbards with red ribbon uh, tying them in a peace bond. And she hands them over to Sir Drusus Jolden. She goes, the bargain is that when you are free from the swamp of the dead, when you have returned the daughter of the merchant lord, you will quest for me. By the end of this season, approximately two months from now, you will take these blades and you will travel north into the mountains, the high mountains along the Hyrcanian border. There is a monastery atop one of the great mountains. There you will seek out Miyamoto-sama, a Daitingu Kinzai, and you will present the blades to him, for he commissioned them to be forged within the swamp of the dead by my love. I will tell you this now, that the Kinsai will likely require that the blades, be the blades be tested in blood and battle, however, not likely to the death. So you will need to be prepared to challenge him so that the blades can be blooded in honorable combat first. Once Miyamoto has accepted the blades, your obligation to me will be discharged. My children, and she points to the two storm crows on her shoulders, will follow you to ensure that you uphold your vow. Which shall be done. She goes, 
two months, the turning of the season. At that point, Miyamoto must have the blades for honor to be satisfied. And you may never remove the peace bonds and you may never unsheath the blades until you are in his presence and he directs you to do so. Do you have questions? No questions. Then return to the bone skiff with our blessings and hopes of your success. Should you wish to return, of course, you are welcome to do so. But if, as always, it is at a cost. And at that point, um, you were shown back to the hut door and as let out onto the patio. Um, and Wu Shijiang bows to you, thanks you for the gifts that you have given him, uh, the appetites that you have sated for him, and your willingness to undertake this quest on his behalf, because it is he who would have had to have delivered them. And to be far away from the Swamp of the Dead is very difficult for him. Um, so he thanks you greatly. And he turns to Aurelia, and he pulls out a single arrow, and he gives it to you. And he goes, this arrow will shatter once it has been fired. But if necessary, if you find yourselves in great and dire straits, it will strike true and most likely kill whatever target it hits. But do not waste it because it can only be used once. Thank you. When you take it into your hand, you feel it beating like a heart. And as you pull it away, you almost feel like a cord drawing thinner and thinner between Wu Shijiang and the arrow, almost as if it's connected to him in some way. Oh. Uh, and Aurelia will bow rather deeply to both uh, the Chrono Crows and Wu Shijiang. Good luck storming the pagoda. And with that, you're ushered back down into the bone skiff. And uh, the two faceless masks turn to you. And Heibai Wuzhong asks, Would you wish to further exchange your obligations to us and travel further in the bone skiff? Yes, we would. And where would you have us take you within the Swamp of the Dead? Take us to the Ninth Hell. To uh, the Ninth Hell? Did, no, <laughs> to the Pagoda. Ah. Is that the same? No, not quite. <laughs> no, not really, no. <laughs> the mantics are very important here. <laughs> and they bow, and they begin to move off again, and... Uh, the, the afternoon turns into late afternoon. The sun sinks on your first day in the Swamp of the Dead. And deep night falls as you pull up to the pagoda. And you see it's a, it's, it's a large structure, um, but it's, it's wavering, almost like a heat mirage, with only parts of it seeming to be solid 
and intact. Mainly the main entrance into the audience hall um, and the upper floor directly above it. Everything else seems to be insubstantial or or smoldering. And they let you out um, a little ways away from the pagoda. And they were like, we shall wait here for you if you wish to obligate us for a time. We do have the cricket. What do you guys think? Mm, might as well risk it. If we die in here, then we just end up here, right? If you yes. die in here, they'll take your souls regardless because you already have obligation to them, but but I will say that as someone who has just taken on or just given up a, uh, it is not a, it is not a small thing to owe creatures such as these uh, payment. Perhaps we rely on the crickets for our return travels. We could do that. But they bow and they go. Should you need our services again, simply return to the pier and light the lanterns, and we shall appear. Thank you. So you've got four dice of obligations to Heibai Wuchong, but other than that, you've got a glowing cricket and, and some gumption. So, so what would you like to do? Understanding so, the tips... I was just going to ask a mechanical question of Aaron really quick. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm trying to, should, for my fatigue, vigor, should I be at where I, like, where I was lowered to and, like, waiting for a rest to get mm. it back up? You're, full, you're, you're fully healed completely. Okay. All right. Yeah. So as long as you're wearing the jade necklace, um, you are, you're back up to full health. Got it. Thank you. For those vampire clot, clotted blood. Yeah, you guys have enough for two of you to drink it, if you want. You do know that somewhere within the main audience chamber is uh, the Merchant Lord's daughter, suspended and uh, halfway into hell by this ritual. Um, you know that it's going to take time for Sobek to enact or, or read through the scroll and, and pull her fully back into the land of living. I will not be drinking the vampiric blood. If someone else wishes to, that is fine. However, I am Zamir Azad. I am quite confident in my ability to go unseen. And I believe I could get all of us, at least partially, for some time. But if you would not like to risk this, that is fine. But as someone who is just exercised in many ways, a demon drinking or consuming the blood of a vampire. I will not face those consequences now that I have finally purified myself. Reasonable requests, but can we say uh, Sobek, since Steve is not here, could potentially teach someone the scroll or the uh, ritual and have us take the blood instead? Th th so this is a question I want to ask everybody. So at this point, I mean, it's... We're only an hour and a half in. If if you want, we can end early, and when Stephen comes back, you guys can deal with this. Or 
we can push through and and I will hand wave what he would need to do. But he's the only one really with the sorcerer's skills to pull off reading the scroll. Nobody else would have a chance of successfully doing it. And okay, if you mechanically, it would make sense for him to take one, yep. I think. And I'm yep. okay with him drinking vampire blood. I am perfectly fine with so <laughs> I have no issues with that whatsoever. <laughs> we've we've cleared him of one thing. We've, you know, we've doing whatever we need to do with him. So if I'm understanding correctly the uh, information we were given, the burning of the pagoda was the re recommendation for the way out. The ritual we were informed needed to be done to get her out. And then there was also a recommendation that... Um, of a, basically a duel basically right like a that seemed challenge. to be it yeah i mean direct challenge yes thank you yeah what the what the chrono crows was saying you could you could attack the pagoda um and set it on fire which would force them to deal with the fire and the attack and that would be a good distraction or you could just march in and one of you could challenge death of midnight shining to a duel which would be a good distraction while sobek snuck in or was led in, you know, uh, by someone to begin the ritual while this distraction was going on. The challenge is needed. I shall be the one to the call. And that's definitely a way to do it. If that's yeah, what you wish. Okay. So I won't need his blood to be stealthy. No, that's true. Very true. I could, so what, I could take, I could go with Solbeck to ensure his safe, uh, his safety. Sneakily using your distraction as a means for us to get inside. We still have one more if either of you want to have it. Uh, Aurelia and I could prepare the fire for the escape. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. I like it. Now, is Sobek, is Sobek going to drink the blood of the vampire? I wish I... Well, since he's not here... Yeah, yeah he's gonna yes. drink it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's <laughs> his bad. I like that logic. <laughs> that's what happens when you don't show up. Um, okay, right. he's having so, a totally different experience than I had. <laughs> I gotta go hit on Grandmother Wisp, <laughs> right? You're totally protected. Nothing bad is happening I was to you. Trying to get it in. You know? uh, okay, so uh, does somebody want to roll um, Sobek's resistance? For him, sure. Uh, and you guys have zero momentum at the moment, so you could spend some doom to give him some extra dice if you wanted. He's got fortune points; you could spend a fortune point of his, you know, to get back. a. Yep, he'll be. They'll be back for him next time. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so that'll give him an automatic, uh, an automatic one automatic success. Um, Somebody gonna roll it, or do you want me to do it? Uh, well, okay, you go uh, ahead. What are we rolling? All right, I'll do it. Sobek, rolling resistance here. He's gonna spend. And are you giving him any bonus? We're gonna burn. Uh, we're gonna burn one of his fortunes. I think. Okay. Yep. Any, and then any others? We'll do another. We'll do a. Give you a. Give me a doom. Doom for a momentum. All right. Okay. I dig it. All right. Let's see here how he does. 
He's got it. He's got it. He just got oh, it. Nice. Okay, cool. <laughs> and you get one momentum. So, yeah. Uh, fantastic job. So he drinks the blood of the vampire. You see the veins in his face start popping out. His eyes go black. He starts to shake a little bit. But then everything settles down. And uh, he just nods. He's like, I'm good. We can. Okay. I'm okay. So do you want to then... How are you going to get into the pagoda? So what are what do we see as like entrances? Uh, yeah. ways in? Okay. So there's the main observed. there's the main entrance, the, the large double doors basically. It leads into the pagoda. Um you don't see any windows on the bottom floor, and it's got that standard tiled roof. Uh, mm-hmm. but on the upper floor, right above the main entrance to the pagoda, there is a great window. Uh, and that seems to be the only other way into the parts of the pagoda that are firmly within the Swamp of the Dead. So the great room, the rafters are in the swamp. Rafters yes. being higher yes. up. I yes. think that is the best place to go. A second story man I once was. And so I can help him. Okay. Does anyone have rope? He does not look like the climbing type, as we know very well. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. So what I'm going to do for this is you're helping him. I'm just going to increase your difficulty of your climb check to say that the two of you managed to get up there. Okay. Um, So instead of being a difficulty one climb check, it's just going to be a difficulty two. I mean, the pillars to the pagoda are pretty ornate. The tiles are pretty easy to move across. So it really is not going to even will be that hard even pulling Sobek up behind you. Gotcha. Do you want me to roll that now? Yep, go for it. Is acrobatics okay, or did you want yep. something else? acrobatics okay. is perfect. All right, I will uh, go ahead and spend that momentum to get an extra die. And uh, it's too difficulty, so let's mm-hmm. go. Uh, and that is three successes, so I get the momentum nice. back. Get the momentum yeah. back, and... Uh, so you guys see Zamir fade into the shadows. He's got Sobek with him, scampers up onto the roof, pulls Sobek up. He's just kind of flailing down there, but you pull him all the way up to the roof, and you are up near the large double window. While that is happening, what does Sir Drusus, Jolden, Aurelia, and Roya do? I'm going to find the easiest way in. I'm just wandering. Try to make my presence known. Okay. Uh, so you're approaching the great double doors. Uh, do you have a weapon in hand? What? How are you approaching? Let's see. Yeah, I've got all my gear on. I've got a nice broadsword, black okay. steel. Um, as you walk, so you, as you approach uh, up into the main entrance, uh, the first thing you see as you look in is this giant open hall, um, all in black marble on the floor. Uh, with great pillars going up towards the ceiling, connecting to rafters above. The pillars uh, are a hard wood carved with the faces of screaming people. Um, obviously, if this pagoda ever actually existed within the land of the living, it's been corrupted by its time in hell. And as, and further in, you see a, uh, a dais uh, right in the middle of this chamber, and kneeling on a mat you see 
a a tall what what you would expect is a very tall man with black hair and a tonsure wearing uh warrior's robes um and he has wrapped around his arm a kasuragami with the uh with the weighted end of the chain and the and the comma end sort of dangling and he appears to be writing some sort of uh kanji on a scroll but, uh, at his feet and he glances up behind him you see five women dressed in blood red robes they look like ancient crones but one of them is slightly taller than the others and her robes are more ornate and she steps up to the right side of who you assume is the death of midnight shining and whispers in her ear as sir drusus jolden is seeing this roya and aurelia what are you doing? So Roya is considering drinking the other of the doses. Because um, Aurelia, you're pretty good at stealth, right? Like you're, you've got a pretty good. Uh, it's not terrible. Uh, Roya's is target number 13. Terrible. <laughs> Roya's yeah. is eight. So yeah, I'm thinking... Right, um, I will take the other one. All you need to do is uh, make a resistance test. Difficulty three. And don't forget your fortune. Yes, don't forget your fortune. And you have okay. one momentum, and you can always give me doom. So I'm going to spend a fortune, and I'm going to spend a momentum. Nice. Wait, hold on. That's a dice purchase momentum. Okay. So let's roll that. Holy goodness. Wow. Uh, that's oh, six okay. successes and five momentum. Right. Damn, so, that's a uh, lot of ones. That's a lot of ones. So with six successes, you needed three. It was a difficulty three, so you get three momentum backs. So your momentum pool is sitting at three now. And what and you get the same sensation. Is it this cold, cloying, viscous, chunky liquid hits the back of your throat? You almost throw it up. But as it goes down, you feel your heart starting to slow. You feel the veins on your arms and face start to bulge as they scream for oxygen as your body begins to die. But then your heart beats and beats again, and you are protected by the vampire's blood. And Roy is just like staring down Aurelio while she's doing this, just to. Uh, and then she'll just kind of nod when it's over. Uh, Aurelia, though, she's going to kind of like look around out here uh, mm -hmm. and she's going to look for a tree that's kind of within sight of the double doors to where she can kind of see in, but she's not an immediate point of view. Uh, so if she has to assist Drusus with her bow, she's able to. Uh, there is a there are great dead trees throughout the swamp, and here where the pagoda has breached, uh, it appears to have once been a grove of of ancient mangroves. Um, however, they're all dead, but they are still and they're almost petrified. 
as you easily find a, a tree that you're able to perch in and you can see directly into the hall with no with no issue it's very dark out here but the hall itself is well lit within by a kind of ghostly blue radiance and you see everything that Sir Drusus Jolden just saw as he approached. Back to Zamir and Sobek, you are on the roof. What do you do? I want to uh, inspect the window up here, uh, looking for any signs of uh, traps or anything that might alert those within to our presence. All right, give me a thievery check. Indeed, I know this uh, is I know this is tough for you, but uh, just a difficulty one to see if you spot anything. Any extra will provide you additional information or momentum. Okay, depending will, on the situation, I'll, I'll purchase a mom. I'll use a momentum to get an extra one. Try to get that momentum mm -hmm. pool filled if I can. Oh goodness, that's a failure! Oh, oh no! Um, so you look at you look at the window and. Uh, it looks fine. You don't see anything out of the ordinary. It looks like a, um, it's some kind of glass. You were kind of mm -hmm. expecting some sort of rice paper window, but it's actually some form of glass laid into the in, into the frame. I will turn to Sobek and I will say, I am surprised they they have not worded this in any particular way. So be it. And he will then try to carefully and quietly open open the uh, the window. Okay, give me first a resistance check. Difficulty three. Oh, God. Um, you know what? I'm going to go ahead this time and spend a fortune. Because uh, mm -hmm. I don't have very good uh, very good resistance. And I'll spend a momentum as well. So here we go. Yes, I think I, I, I set the wrong difficulty, but let's see. Uh, three, I did get three successes. Yeah, three successes. Okay, so you feel, as soon as you touch the window, you feel this biting cold, almost like teeth trying to gnaw at your fingers, but you're able to shake it off. Um, and you can just give me a difficulty one thievery check to pull the pane of glass out of the window frame without making any noise. Okay. I am going to, once again, try to get us more momentum, but this thievery test did not go well last time, so I'm going to... Let's see. Difficulty one. Goodness me. Uh, it's two successes. So I do get okay. the... you, you get one momentum back. And yeah, that's that's a that's a hard roll. Uh, but you do succeed in pulling a glass of window uh, or a pane of the window um, out, uh, and you place it upon the roof quietly. No one seems to hear. And as you look in, you see the rafters above. Uh, the uh, the audience hall uh, beneath you. And as you're looking down, you can actually see uh, the dais on which there's a, a male, a man kneeling, and behind him a row of women dressed in red robes. Okay. So then knowing that this man is the, he who Drosis is going to challenge, uh, Zamir will wait patiently looking down for inviting his time until at this time. Give me a uh, observation check. Difficulty okay. two. Right, I will continue this purchasing of momentum. <laughs> I'm rolling. Okay, that's that's a three successes this time. Nice, nice. So you get one point of momentum back. 
as your as your eyes are tracing across the rafters, you see back in the far, far part of the pagoda, kind of shadowed, near where the rippling effect, where the the barrier between the land of the living and the and the ninth court of hell is, suspended um, from her heels from a rafter, um, dangling down about 20 feet at the end of this rope, uh, appears to be the daughter of the merchant lord. It was difficult to see at first because she's in that shadowy section, sort of almost like a pendulum swinging in and out between the barrier of of the living and, and the hellscape uh, that she's going to be condemned to. You can get there on the rafters, but it's right. easy um, for you, but not necessarily easy for Sobek. So does so just point of clarification. So could I could I retrieve her to the in like through the window and he can do the ritual on the roof, or does the ritual have to be done inside the rafters? Or inside the, the ritual, room? yeah. The ritual is has to be done at the barrier because that's the only way to free her from the barrier. I will need to get him in there then. Okay. When the time is right. So be ready, Sobek. Try not to screw this up like you do everything else. I'm feeling better now. I'm fine. And at uh, that, we, we we go back to see Sir Drusus Jolden walking boldly in to the pagoda. What do you say or what do you do? I'm announcing myself. I, Sir Drusus Jolden, have traveled from the land of the living to find the one named Death of Midnight Shining to see which one of us is worthy to return to the mortal realm. Nicely said. He looks up, cocks his head, cleans his brush, puts it away, rolls, uh, puts sand upon the scroll that he was working on and rolls it up, ties it down, puts it away, slowly stands, Pats himself down, straightens his robe, unfurls the chain of the Kasurgama um, in his hand, and he goes, I, Death of Midnight Shining, accept your challenge, Sir Drusus Jordan of the Land of the Living. Your soul will accompany the soul of Lu Tanjun back to hell as tribute to the judge of the 10th court of hell. May you die well. And at that, you see a rippling, almost like, almost like grayish white tumors boiling up on his shoulders and flowing down across his chest and down his back, almost like it's forming a cloak of a wriggling mass. It almost, at this distance, it's hard to tell, but it looks like maggots with the faces of wizened, old, screaming people. And the maggots seem to stream out on the floor beneath his feet. And with every step, as he walks closer toward you, you hear the crunching and the wailing of the damned. Aurelia and Roya, you also see this. I need all three of you to make a discipline check. Mm. 
We were not warned about this. My discipline is shit, guys. Just FYI. It's difficulty two, but so it's not, oh, not horrible, but a difficulty two. Weren't we warned about this? Isn't this the thing that like lowered the difficulty? Or I thought it was the heads of the no, maidens. The, oh, the yeah, women yeah, and the heads sorry. popping off. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna spend a fortune because I really my target number seven. I'm gonna also spend a fortune. How much momentum do we have? Three. I would like a momentum. I'm gonna give you two do. Okay. I'll take a momentum. Sweet. I got five successes, three momentum. Oh my goodness. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, I so got five successes, four momentum. Okay. So you guys are full of momentum. And uh, Roya and Sir Drusus are just fine. And Aurelia is also because she got two successes. So oh, this, okay. you see this and you feel the gorge rising. You know, you, your body is rebelling against this site, um, but you hold it together because you're seasoned. You're seasoned fighters. You've you've dealt with weird stuff before. Maybe nothing as horrible as this, but you're able to hold it together. Now the question is, Aurelia, Roya, is there anything you want to do as Sir Drusus Jolden and the Death of Midnight Shining begin to close the distance? For their ritual combat. Um, Aurelia is basically ready to fire. Uh, like she's just got her bow ready. Um, mm -hmm. She's kind of. She was originally going to help Roya. Like set up stuff to like help burn the pagoda. But at this mm -hmm. point she's focused more on like. Making sure she doesn't miss her opportunity to to assist. Okay. And Roya, was there anything other than preparing to burn the pagoda down that you wanted to do? Uh, no, that's what I'll be focused on is the, the fire. Okay. All right, before we uh, before we start round one of this hopefully epic battle, uh, let's let's check in with Zamir and Sobek on the rafters above the hall. So with hearing Drusus make the challenge, all this interaction has happened, I assume this is Zamir's time to lead uh, lead the blind here into the, the rafters. I will turn to him and I will say, do not look down, be very quiet, think quiet, and you will be quiet and follow me carefully. And then he will try to carefully sneak, move across the rafters, leading so back to this, to this poor more girl. Okay, give me a acrobatics check, difficulty three, to get you and Sobek across the rafters without uh, any missteps. Okay, I am going to burn some momentum, I think. Mm -hmm. So let's see. Acrobatics, I'm going to go. I'm just going to burn all three because uh, hopefully I can replenish some. It's important. Uh, difficulty three. Difficulty three to get okay. both of you across without any mistakes. Gotcha. All right, five successes. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So I'm gonna. So you get two momentum two. back up. Yep. And uh, you you are able to stealthily, quietly make your way across the rafters with Sobek in tow, and you are now adjacent to um, where this this poor girl is swinging in and out of the hellscape. 
Uh, and Sobek pulls out the scroll and begins the ritual, begins intoning the ritual on the scroll. And you can see over his shoulders as he as he speaks each line, the words flare up and disappear. But he appears to be doing it successfully because the pendulum starts slowing down and starts pulling more out of the barrier. Okay. And I will I will kind of keep my like at this so at this point while he's doing it, I'm just being alert for mm-hmm. dangers and in the time where I would need to grab her as well. Like just just staying vigilant is essentially what okay. Samir's doing okay. right now. So we find ourselves back with Sir Drusus Jaldan and the Death of Midnight Shining. And he is just casually walking towards you. And then his mouth distends. And he lets out a yell. And the maggots on the floor whip up into a wind and come striking out at you. As I spend a doom to seize the initiative and attack you with a maggot wind. And I will uh I'll spend one more point of doom to give him a third dice. Oh, sorry, I'll do that in here. I don't know why it rolled all of those dice. So it's just the first three. Don't ignore everything else after that. So that's one, two, three, five successes. Um do you want to try to do an acrobatics check to um, avoid this maggot wind? Let me check. If there's an attempt, or I can make an attempt, I'll willing yep, to do so. Absolutely. Acrobatics check. Oh, now I see what happened. Yeah, so actually that is accurate. I forgot that the maggots are his are a pool of minions, and they automatically add dice as long as they are alive. So it is eight successes. Oh, my gosh. Oh. But you still can, you know, you can reduce it. Your successes in your acrobatics check reduce the number of successes that he effectively gets. Spend two momentum here. I got three myself. Nice. Okay, so you reduce it to five successes. Um, with those five successes, let's see what kind of uh, damage we get here. He is going to... Uh, oh, the damage is not rolling. Let's see if I can do it from here. Okay. Um <clears throat> He will add in just uh, three points of damage, and that's not that's not damage dice. That's damage on the end of it. Ooh, three effects. Um, okay, so that's four damage, but it is vicious one, so that's seven damage. Uh, but it rolled as black fire Kasurigami. Disregard that. It's not the maggot wind. I apologize. Sorry. This is much less horrible. Okay, no, no effects. So you take three points of damage. 
Um, since there was no effects, the fearsome and grappling and persistence and area effects do not come into play. What is your soak? Is shield soak possible here? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and roll that. Yeah, you can definitely use shields against ranged attacks. I got a soak of three. Okay, so you so you bring your shield into play and this wind of maggots strikes the shield and you hear them crunching against it and you hear what sounds like small human jaws almost trying to bite your shield and then the maggots die and fall off of your shield at the ground at your feet. Uh, and you, uh, it's your turn. Continue charging in. Okay. Strike down the shoulders with my blade. Okay, now as you run in to the swarm of maggots at his feet, um, they will attempt to bite you. How so, long we do have uh, plenty of bits for effects dice for damage when you attack. Got it. And they fail. So the maggots are biting at your boots, uh, but they just can't find purchase through your armor. And you're able to close the distance with Death of Midnight Shining. I'll go ahead and continue the attack. I'm going to apply one fortune to it with the okay. momentum. Complication, but four successes. Okay, so he will wh he whips this Kasuragami around, which has the parrying quality, and is going to attempt to uh, stop you. So he will also he will spend one point of doom to give him an extra die. And the parry is only the first three; he doesn't get the benefits of the others. Uh, but he got so he got three successes against your four successes. So you did successfully attack him. Uh, and which weapon were you using? I have the black steel. The black steel kopesh? Okay, yeah. roll damage for that. Uh, you do have one extra success that you can put towards damage or anything else you want. Uh, you also have the normal momentum spins that you can use in combat if you want to do any of those actions. Up to And, you, and obviously you can spend two momentum to take a second attack if you wish. And yes, his his parry did cost me one doom. So, oh my God, doom went down. Uh. <laughs> Doom's, doom's been steadily going down. No, yes, yes, you're right. A little bit. So it's after the regular swing, swing, I'm gonna just do two momentum spend here okay. for a swift action, so I can mm -hmm. do an additional standard action. Okay, roll the damage for your first one. Five damage. Five damage. I can re-roll, I think, with a talent. Yep. So it's a total, actually, yeah. Two, three, yeah, five damage. Yes, you, you can. Any you number wish. equal to my melee talents. Okay. Just one, I think. Okay. And you can also spend momentum to re-roll damage if you wanted, but that's better. Seven. How about a seven? Okay, seven. Uh, fearsome. So he is going to... Uh, Fearsome, so he takes both, he takes damage for the fearsome, he takes two 
damage against his mental attribute and seven against his physical uh, minus his soak. So his his soak, the cloak of maggots provides him three points of soak. So he takes four points of vigor damage, not enough to get a wound or activate the intense quality. Um, and two points, uh, but and although the weapon is fearsome, it doesn't seem to have gotten past this demonic, stony demeanor of his. In other words, his courage is is greater than than the damage. Uh, his courage soak is greater than the damage. So you may make your second attack. Your complication will trigger after this attack. Got it. I'm gonna go ahead and do another momentum here. Three successes. Three successes. He will uh, once he will spend two doom because it's a second parry of the turn, and he will attempt to parry that as well. Whipping around his uh, Kasuragama. I will spend one more doom to give him a third dice. Wow, that was terrible. It's just the first three dice, sorry. He got a complication and uh, only one success. So uh, you got two additional successes above him. And the complication, I'm going to give you that uh, that as a point of momentum. So you're back up to full momentum. Roll the damage here. Six damage, I can re-roll one. And you can get some extra effect dice from the audience, too. It's okay. Eight total damage. Eight damage, nice. So uh, this time your the blade comes through and it sinks deep into him, biting past the, the cloak of maggots and buries into his his, his chest. So with his soak, um, he does take a wound, and because your weapon is intense, he takes two wounds. Nice. And he's hurting. All right. Uh, And he also takes a little bit of damage to his resolve as he's starting to see Possibly that he has overestimated his own skills here. But as the black steel kopesh bites into his demonic flesh, uh, it shatters. Oh. The evil of the blade, that's your complication. The evil of the blade cracks, leaving you with just your broadsword. Seems I've swung too hard. Good thing I have a backup. That's and and somebody in somebody in chat uh, or uh, over on the Discord was asking, "What's the negative effect of these of this black steel weapon?" And it's if you strike, if you if you attack an evil being on a complication, the weapon shatters. But who knew? I knew, but now you know. The risky complication. Um, It's a big complication, but like like like, I was just too strong for it. Gosh, my muscles are just too big for this thing. Uh, I like to think that's what he really believes, though. He's like, I'm ripped, bro. Yeah, I mean, from outside, yeah, you see Drusus just charge in there, and this this like wave of magus flying up off the floor. You see him batter this guy twice. Second strike, blade shatters, and this guy, I mean. 
Death of Midnight Shining looks actually afraid, uh, which is not something you were expecting to see. So we will take a moment to check in with Zamir. Zamir, is there anything you want to do while Sobek is enacting this ritual? So what are the, uh, I'm sorry, I forgot their names. Hang on. Um, the women, the Penangala, uh, uh-huh. what are, what are they doing currently? They, they are, uh, observing and accepting the challenge. I mean, it was a, it was an honorable challenge given and accepted. So they're taking no action. They're just observing it. Okay. If that's the case, then I think Zamir will follow suit. He's really just trying to time and like get, he wants to grab the, the, the girl who's swinging mm-hmm. as soon as she's able to do so on the concern that she might make a noise. So, mm-hmm. you know, he wants to sort of smother that. Uh, if So just he's just waiting and waiting anxiously for it. But that's about it. Give me a D1 observation check. And depending on how successful you are, I might get, I'll be giving you some additional information while you were standing there watching. D1. Um, I'll go ahead and purchase an extra one for for funsies. Oh God, I that's a fail again. That's oh my gosh, Zamir has failed twice. So you don't you don't really notice anything. um, Fair enough. At this moment, Aurelia and Roya, what would you like to do in this moment? Roya. Uh, Roya is kind of readying the the fire. All right. You do have the fire going. So, I mean, you're prepared to uh, to ignite ignite the uh, pagoda if necessary. Aurelia, are there any actions you want to take? Um, If it doesn't appear, like uh, Jeff said, the Pentagallas are interfering um, and Drusus seems well enough mm-hmm. at this moment, she, she won't okay. shoot just yet. We're all just watching this 1v1. Yeah. She uh well maybe she like readies one of her arrows uh mm-hmm. to to light on fire to shoot. Mm-hmm. Um to help assist with like lighting the pagoda on fire. Perfect. Um, and have that also kind of ready nearby. Okay. So then we find ourselves back in the duel. And once again, uh Sir uh the Death of Midnight Shining uh rears back from the blow and then swings this kasuragama at you and you see now as as it's closer that the 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 kama blade and the weighted end seem to be smoldering and giving off uh, a a noxious smoke but i will spend the point of doom to seize the initiative and he will swing his uh his black fire kasuragama at you and i will uh also, uh, spend another point of doom to give him an extra dice because the difficulty of hitting you has increased uh, now because he's wounded. Of course, the Cloak of Maggots do still protect him and, and give him a little bit extra. Gets six successes with three momentum. Um... So are you going to attempt to uh, parry that with your shield? Is my shield parrying? Uh, yeah, yeah, shields all have okay. parry quality. Yeah, I'll go ahead and give it a try. Catch his weapon with my shield here. 
And you should just be able to roll parry um, and be okay. okay. Parry skill. He has one momentum. What do you got? Two successes. Two successes. So you reduce his successes to four, so not enough to give you a wound. Well, no, sorry. Uh, yeah, not enough. Uh, we'll see what he gets on the, on the damage. And I will go ahead and add that bonus three momentum in on the damage on the back side. Uh, so six points of damage and one effect. Um, do you minus your two? So four points of damage, one effect, making it five points of damage. However, you did get an effect. So you take five points of damage, which is one wound. Is five this soakable or can I not soak yeah. it? Oh, three? yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Okay. Soak it with your armor. How much armor do you have? I have three armor. Okay. So you do soak it. However, um, you soak all but two. But you are this black fire is engulfing your body now, and you are on fire um, and grappled by the chain of the Kasuragama. You do take one point of resolve, but I assume your courage... Do you have any courage? Uh, courage? What would that be? Uh, that's uh, That would be what you resist with... It's right underneath um, your resolve right under bubbles. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't have any. So you take also take one point of resolve damage from the the horror of being wrapped in this burning chain. So now you've got a you've got a slow action uh, and a fast action. Now with your fast action, you can attempt to clear the condition. In other words, clear the burning condition. But before you can do that, uh, or in conjunction with doing that, you ha you can you need to get out of the grapple. And let me double check here. I believe to get out of the grapple, you need to make an acrobatics or athletics test with a difficulty equal to the effects rolled. So either an acrobatics or athletics check, difficulty of one. Okay, I'll go with acrobatics. But this is your standard action this turn, is to get free of the grapple. Yeah, three successes. All right, three successes. So your your momentum is full again, um, and you're able to throw the chain off, and you still have your minor action, which you can attempt to basically pat out the fire if you want. Yeah, I'll use that to clear my burning. Okay, so that's a you have to. It's a it's a challenging D two resistance check. Resistance. All right. D2. Only got okay, a one. so What's you're, you're still on fire, so you take three points of vigor and three points of resolve, which you cannot soak. Okay. Aurelia. You're looking through, and everything looked like it was going really well. And you, then you see this Kasuragama come in and strike Sir Drusus, 
um, and wrap about him. He's able to throw off the chains, but then you see fire start to boil up off of his body and his hair starts to singe um, as this black flame starts to engulf him. Sir Jolden, you can, if you want, spend, to spend, you can spend two points of momentum to do a swift action and take another standard action if you want. And it will increase the difficulty of whatever you want to do by one step. But you can do that, or you can let it go to the next round. The damage doesn't start at the beginning of the turn? It starts on at the end of your at turn. The end. Okay, I'll just wait then. Okay. Aurelia. How far does it look like Sobex made it through the scroll? Give me an observation check. This is a difficulty for observation check for you because you're way far away and hard to see him up in the rafters. Okay. Um, I will use a momentum. Uh, damn, three... Three successes. Three successes and a complication. And a complication. Okay, the complication. I'm just going to take a point of doom for the complication. Um, you see him up there um, with your three successes, but you can't really tell how far he is with the ritual. But I will say this. With your three successes, you do notice that part of the pagoda that was in the real world, that was in the Swamp of the Dead, now seems to be shifting into the hellscape. And you see it kind of pulse, and you just now realize that the greater the amount of damage that the Death of, Mi the Death of Midnight Shining is taking was causing the pagoda to start, appears to start to slip back towards hell, almost as if he is the true anchor for the pagoda. Oh fuck. Okay. Um Aurelia's gonna climb down from the tree and head over to Roya and tell her this. Uh and then can I climb up to that window that I saw Zamir go through? Yeah. Just give me an acrobatics check. Or athletics, either one. You can either muscle your way up or, or you know, parkour your way up. I'm going to do parkour. Two successes. Two successes. Okay, you get up there without any problem. Uh, can I, Is it easier for me to see Zamir from here? Or Yes. Yes, it is. So I'll let your three, uh, now that you're up here, I'll let your three observations roll over. It looks like he's about halfway through the scroll. Oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> um, um, yeah, and I can't really talk to them without drawing attention. But so Aureli is going to kind of like aggressively like wave to them, like hurry up, get out of here. Uh, and she's going to reset up with her bow from where she's at at this window. Okay. Uh, uh, Zamir, give me an observation check to see if you see Aurelius. Difficulty one. All right. I'm going to eventually roll a decent observation check. So <laughs> I'm going to burn a momentum here. 
There we go. Four Ooh, successes. Nice. Four successes. Okay, with those four successes, you get your one momentum back up to six. Uh, you do see her motioning or, or giving you the indication to hurry up. And you also now recognize that the pagoda seems to be falling back towards hell um, with each strike uh, that Sir Jolden uh, hits Death of Midnight Shining. As his as the maggots and blood and black blood from his body hit the floor of the pagoda, it is beginning to lose substance. Sobek, how much longer do you need? As long as it takes. You can't rush these things. No, you can't. Ignorant and savage. You, <laughs> you really need to rush this thing right now. We're going to fall into hell. I'll try. Roya, what would you like to do? I'm burning this thing. All right. Um, you don't really even need to make a roll. So you're just lighting the pagoda on fire? Yeah. I dig it. Okay, so... Uh, the front wall of the pagoda starts to go up in flame. Um, and as it does, you notice the women inside for the first time, all their heads snap. And you hear this horrible pulling sound as their heads begin to separate from their bodies. But before that happens, we're going back to Sir Drusus Jolden uh, and his uh, fight against the death of Midnight Shining. Uh, and this time it does not appear that, uh, so he's fallen back a little bit. He's injured. He's assessing this fight. So instead of surging in to strike at you again in haste, he's pulling back. So he is not going to use doom to interrupt the turn order this time. So you're up. I'm going to take his abruptness here and just charge it him while I'm still on fire. Okay. Um, for your, um, <coughs> let me double check something here. So you will need to use your minor action to to draw a new weapon. But, I mean, I know the charge is flavor. You're within striking right. distance. Yeah, that's perfectly so. fine. I'll bring out a broadsword since my black seal kopesh is broken. Okay. So you bring out your broadsword and uh, swing away. And remember, there are other momentum spins you can use um, during combat if you want to. Um, not that you've needed them so far. I'm just pointing it out. Yeah. So. Let's see. I'll go with two momentum on this attack. Nice. Did get four successes with a complication. Ooh, four successes and a complication. Okay. I'm going to disable this mob real fast while he parries because I forgot I could do that. Make my life a little easier. So he is going to try to parry with the Kasuragama. The chain whips around to try to knock your blade offline. Um, I will spend a doom to get him an extra dice. Wrong place. And he gets four successes, um, so it's a draw. So your bl your 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 blade does not bite in against him. Then I'll try again. Two All momentum right. for a swift action. I like it. And the difficulty goes up by one. So now you need a minimum of a difficulty two to hit him. It's been a fortune here. Okay. He will more than likely spend another. I did take off his doom for his parry. 
I'm not going to run out of doom here. I'll give you one. Okay. I'll take it. Four successes again. Four successes. Nice. Okay. Uh, I will spend that doom and he will again attempt to parry. And I will spend another doom to give him an extra dice. Oh, it's a standoff. Standoffs. I mean, this this Kasuragama and this blade—you're just smacking one another out of the way. Um, it is the end of your turn. Uh, at the end of his turn, we'll see um, how much damage you take from the fire. So now that you've swung at him twice, he whips his Kasuragama around uh, to st- to try to strike at you again. I will spend a doom. I'm gonna spend two doom. To give him two extra dice. He's on his back foot and he's pan he's panicking, so oh well, four successes. I forgot to turn my mob on again, so I'll just take the four successes. You can parry. I'll attempt to parry with my shield. I got two. Okay, you got two, so let's see how much you reduce that uh, damage by. Where is my damage? So the Blackfire Kasutagama bites in. I will take the uh, two extra uh, successes. Well, it's actually only one extra success because his difficulty is raised too, and we will add that to the back end on damage. Um, but he's going to spend one doom on a bonus damage dice. Okay. Okay. Um, so three physical one, so four physical damage. What's your armor soak? It's three. Three. So you take one point of result or vigor. Um, but he did get one effect, which increases the duration of your burning damage. Um, and you are again grappled. So for burning damage, uh, you take, uh, again, take three points of vigor and three points of resolve that cannot be soaked as the fire continues to engulf you now that you are wrapped again in the chains of the Kasuragama. I'm at five vigor and two resolve. Um, Zamir, you see this. You see him, you see uh, Sir Drusus Jolden again wrapped within this burning chain. Um, you see the pagoda beginning, you know, continuing to seem to drift towards hell. Sobek does not appear to have sped up his litany at all, but the pendulum is slowing and pushing the girl back into the real world with every word that he speaks. Okay. Um, what happened to the, uh, the Pengala woman? I'm going to give you guys your full turn here before they get into the action, before their heads fully tear free and all hell breaks loose. Oh, gosh. See, like, it's funny because you say hell breaks loose, but it's not just a saying in this case. It's It's literally what's happening. literally going to happen. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I just I don't think there's anything Zamir should do at this point just yet, but he'll keep an eye on the the women just in case one of them works their way up here, but still just waiting. 
So you're, are you readying your action if they come up towards you to a strike? Yeah, I think if if any of them come up, if any of them look like they're very clearly coming up into the into the rafters to interrupt the ritual, I will strike mm -hmm. any of that. that gets okay, close. perfect. Um, Aurelia, you're hearing the sounds of this horrible cracking sound and like ligament stretching, and you begin to see these women's necks stretch and pull against their bodies. But it hasn't happened yet. What would you like to do? Oh, I want to just sh shoot them. Which one? Um, the one in the finest. Okay. Um, I like outfit. it. Now, normally, because this is a mob, you would not be able to attack the leader. But this specific arrow allows you to strike at any target you choose. If you're using the arrow that was given to you by the Blackheart. Should I use that for this? Because mm. I was saving it if I needed to save Sir Drusus. Yeah. It's your call. It's only the first round of you shooting. You can always save it the next sure. round if necessary. Yeah, I'm gonna that use Yeah, I'm gonna use just like my normal arrows for this. Okay. All right. Um, Roll. Now I'm gonna say because of the transformation they are in the middle of, uh, they will not be taking any acrobatics test to avoid this strike because one, they don't know you're there. And two, uh, they could not do it anyway as because the transformation has their bodies racked. Okay. Um, I am a marksman, so I perform range attacks with precision. I may spend my minor action before attempting a range attack, putting a little bit more time and effort to my attack. So I gain an additional momentum for this attack. Uh, and chat pointed out, you did set that arrow on fire. Yes. Yes, this one I have ready is ready to be lit on fire. So I'll give you two bonus effect dice for that when you roll your damage. Nice. Okay, cool. Um, I have, I'm just making sure I didn't mess up any of my new cool talents. Um... I don't know if it means for anything, but I have shoot for the horizon, so I can take shots at any range. Mm -hmm. That reduces the difficulty of, for penalty at firing at a range other than the optimal range by mm -hmm. one to a minimum of zero. And I'm able to shoot as almost as soon as I've loosed the previous one, I have quick release. Um, I can spend a minor action to increase the rate of attack. So I might do that one instead, allowing me to spend two loads okay. instead of getting the bonus momentum die. Sure. Okay. So that gains a bonus D20 plus one CD. So that's one of, one of your combat, one effect dice. So your first arrow will have three bonus effect dice to damage if you hit. Okay. And it's just a difficulty one. So three successes. Nice. So you bank uh, two momentum, and you uh, this arrow speeds and strikes one of these these ancient women uh, directly in her throat as her as it, it is extended. Um, roll damage. Okay, so I've never actually had a roll damage before. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing ranged. It should um, be on your bow. 
um if you're rolling from your bow yeah i am but okay. i had my mo uh, my bonus thing that i got from my extra load when you pull up when you pull up the and when you roll the damage for that it should give you the opportunity to add under uh, talent right instead of other no oh um if you roll if you open up your bessonian longbow yeah there's a damage tab there on the right. If you roll mm -hmm. that, that should open up and give you the opportunity to add bonus damage dice. Seven physical damage. Nice. Uh, do you have any... Um, does your bow have any special... A uh, piercing, okay. So you bypass um, five points of soak. So... The arrow strikes this uh, this one woman, and uh, it it strikes right into her throat, and her head catches on fire, and she crumples to the ground, dead. And do you have your second attack? God, okay. Uh, and we still have momentum, right? Yeah, you still have six momentum. You're still full up. Okay, I'm gonna use, use stuff, and you also have fortune too. And mm -hmm. yeah. we have use... audience bits for effect dice. Okay, I'm gonna use two momentum, four successes, three momentum. Nice. Okay, so I would, I mean, you've got three momentum, so I would just use that or bonus damage because you're already at full momentum. So okay. it's not extra dice. It's just three points of additional damage after you roll your damage. Okay. Uh, and then I'll use one audience demo for effects. Okay. Nine physical damage. Okay. Um, and with the effects, you bypass all of their armor. So this, so... Roya, you see Aurelia fire this bow faster than you've ever seen anything. And, and Zamir, from above, you see it's almost like two arrows simultaneously fly down the hall, striking two of these uh, ancient women and killing them both. The second arrow strikes the chest of this hag-like creature so hard that it lifts her up bodily and presses her against the hell barrier, and her body just bursts into flame. And then there were just two, and their, you assume, leader left. That brings us to uh, Roya. So, Zamir Duck. No, just kidding. <laughs> Joke. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so, when I was lighting the pagoda on fire, uh -huh. I know that it kind of woke these women up. Did it seem... What I'm trying to figure out is, would it be in my best interest to continue trying to light more of this on fire? Like, do I think this is doing some damage? Oh, no. The building is definitely on fire. I mean, it's uh, it's catching fire and the fire is spreading quickly. You feel probably you've got maybe 10 seconds before it's the conflagration is so great that uh, others may not even be able to escape. So three rounds. Okay. Uh, so then I'm not going to spend any extra time with the fire. I Honestly. will just try to do something I'm not very good at, uh, which is just throw a dagger. And who are you throwing a dagger at? I will four. We know it's going <laughs> to hit me. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, I'm going to aim for the 
non-boss third woman. Okay, uh, it's a difficulty three throw because the dis of the distance. But uh, let's see that dagger go. Okay, so I let me see what what have I got here? Um, if one fortune left, is this something I should spend like a last fortune on? Why not? You're coming close. I mean, probably to uh, the end of the session. All right, I'm gonna spend a fortune, and then we've got momentum, right? Oh yeah, you got six momentum. You're all for momentum. Okay, I will take two. Okay. Oh, sorry, I forgot to change the difficulty. That's okay. Three we successes. can figure it out. Um, three successes. The difficulty was three, um, and there was a complication. So you missed. Difficulty three throw, three successes. No, you hit. You hit. Uh, you did hit. Uh, the complication will figure out. I'll just give myself a point of doom back because my doom is pretty low at this point. And roll your damage as the dagger strikes home. Okay. Uh, so um, is it one or two? Is it one or two that we can take effect I or just one? Oh, for uh, additional from damage the from, from the, the audience? audience. Just yeah. Yeah. Two. Two is fine. It's a little dagger, so I can't use anything extra. Uh, and that's, is it bonus dice or bonus damage? Bonus dice? Bonus dice from the audience. Dice. Got it. Okay. Making sure I'm clicking the right buttons here. Oh, nice. Uh, six damage, four effects. Uh, very nice. So, uh, the dagger strikes home, um, and it, it looks like it's going to get caught up in their robes, but the force of the throw pierces through, um, and you hear this muffled cry as the head that was almost completely pulled off of this torso flops down against the chest on this horribly elongated neck, and the third of these creatures dies. Girl power. Girl power. Right? <laughs> Zamir, um, you now see uh, more of the pagoda slipping. You see fire erupting across the interior walls of the front of the pagoda. You see arrows and blades striking down these women. Um, is there any action you want to take at this point? And he's still not done? No, he's still not done. All right. Almost, it looks, but not quite. Can he see the last of the women? Yes. You can see there, there's one minion left and then the the leader. Okay. Um, and they're still, their transformation is not quite complete, but it will mm. be after you act. Here. I will go ahead and throw a dagger down uh, at, at her. You can't let Roya show you up, you know? Yeah. At which one? The uh the the apparent leader of these women or or the last remaining handmaiden? Oh goodness, that's a great question. Uh Zamir is gonna go for the leader because he's that he's that kind of guy. I dig it. All right. Okay. Uh, Once again, because she's in the middle of this transformation, she cannot react to this throw. Okay. Uh, difficulty on this? 
Uh, it's just difficulty one. You're kind of right above her, throwing down, and she's not aware of you. So, okay. So, uh, my so I'm still able to use my stealth, which is the wonderful. Absolutely, thing. yes. Uh, which is um, I love that talent so much. So make sure it's going to do that skill override. Uh, okay, so this is going to be my stealth skill override. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Okay, I'm just going to attack. There's, I will spend, it's just one to hit. Yeah, if it's just one to hit, I'll spend one momentum just to be safe and give that a roll. Oh my God, the craziness of my rolls tonight. Uh, four successes. Four successes, nice. Um, so your momentum is filled back up. Uh, and as I said, she's unable to react to it, so roll your damage. Uh, I'll go ahead and burn those uh, extra momentum for damage, so I have a plus three to what I'm going to roll. Mm -hmm. um, now, I have a couple things that are going to trigger, so my I get a plus one damage from my death dealer, uh, so let me go ahead and roll that. So I'm going to have, but yeah, so that's why I'm going to have an extra one on this. Mm -hmm. All right, so it's going to be damage. This dice is one. Okay. What any others? Uh, no, I don't want to be too greedy here. Okay. Okay, so then it's going to be, I'll go ahead and tap into another one of my talents, which is... Uh, I think it's called, is this the assassin one? So I can, essentially I can spend um, two points of momentum to count every dice in the pool as an effect instead of whatever was actually rolled. So mm -hmm. I'm saying I count all that as effects. Uh, so it ends up being a total, I think, seven damage uh, right. and four effects. Seven damage, four effects. And does your dagger have any particular effects? Uh, it's got unforgive. Well, in this case, I think the only, cause I didn't take the exploit action. It doesn't yeah. have vicious. So, uh, so yeah. Okay. Uh, no, just straight up. So, uh, you, you, the blade sinks deep into like straight down into her collarbone as her neck is starting to pull free, wounding her past her, her, her undead, toughened skin that offers a little bit of protection and giving her uh, a single wound, but she is still up. Okay. You can, if you want, you know, do a swift action, spend I, two momentum. I and... will. Um, I think I will. So is there, a, hmm. So if I spend, is there a maximum to the amount of standard actions you can take in a turn? So if Just I were to do, Okay, so I'll spend a fortune point and I'll do my bonus action that so I don't get the increased difficulty. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'll do bonus action for my fortune point. Um, then, hmm. yeah, and then I'll just, I'll, I'll throw another dagger. Is like essentially it. what I'm going to do. Uh, so let me do that. And I'll do the same thing I did before and I will spend a momentum to try to rule this. Okay, that's three more successes. Nice. Uh, I will move those over into 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 momentum again. 
then I'm trying to see if there's any other spins that are worth doing here. Yeah, it doesn't look like it. Uh, okay. So damage, one more bonus die. Okay, so I don't have to use my other thing. Uh, <laughs> so that's six six points of uh, six points of damage this time. Okay. Nice. Uh, describe how you kill this uh, ancient creature. Not to be outdone by Roya in her throwing dagger, he quickly <laughs> grabs one. He looks at Sobek. Are you seriously not done? And not really looking at her, he's kind of like no look throwing down. Seriously, you're still not done. <laughs> Seriously, like look what I'm doing here, and you're still not done. And so, uh, with the last throw, he's gonna aim it, and he's gonna try to fling it down towards wherever her head might be at this point, and try to get it like right between the eyes. And that's exactly what happens. She's her she's stretching her neck up and looking up, and her eyes widen as she sees you. But your dagger is planted directly in her left eye, and she crumples. The last remaining one of these women wails at this and thrashes and spins and then runs at the barrier between the land of the living and hell and fades back into the hellscape. Sir Drusus Jolden, you are on fire. You are bound in a chain. The pagoda is burning down around you. What would you like to do? First, I'd like to break out of these chains with acrobatics. Okay. Give me a give me an acrobatics roll. It's your standard action to break the grapple. Two successes. You succeeded, and you get one point of momentum. Uh, you still have a uh, minor action, which you can use to take the clear action in an attempt to put yourself uh, out. Let's see. I'm not going to clear myself. I'm going to grab one of those chains, drag him towards me, and you're going to have to deal with this flaming thing before you deal with your flaming home. Okay. And spend two for a swift action to strike him. I like it. I like it. So, yeah, you yank the chain. Um, actually, before you do, before you take your standard action to attack him, give me an athletics check or an acrobatics check. Difficulty two. Okay, acrobatics. Uh, just one this time, so I failed. Okay. So you, you do grab at the chain and you pull him off balance a little bit, but you're not able to hold onto the chain. If you'd successfully done that, I would have negated his ability to possibly parry this attack because I would say you would have had his chain. But, uh, but you do pull him a little off balance. But you may attack. Okay, I'll continue down with the hit here. Oh, big. I got two. Okay, he will uh, He will spend a point of, or I'll spend a point of doom and he will attempt to parry the attack. Um, I'm not going to spend any more doom at the moment because, well, I'm getting low. And he fails. So your attack gets past his Kasuragama in his weakened state. Well, damage. Damage. Reroll one of those. Uh, three damage. Three so, yeah, damage. You can always spend momentum to reroll damage. Yep. Uh, one for uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're we're four. You, can, you spend we're four. one, one, and you can you can spend one point and re-roll any number of damage dice from your current attack. Oh, it's been it's momentum, dude. We just have the one. Four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just spend one and you get to re-roll all your dice. All, right, all the dice. Like a good deal. I'll spend the it's one. Like a really good deal. <laughs> Oh, I can only re-roll once per roll. Is what Foundry's telling me. Uh, just, just re-roll your damage okay. then, and we'll. Yeah, you got eight this time. Okay, now just click these two and re-roll them, and we'll just take that damage because I'm feeling benevolent, and it's getting late. <laughs> Gives me ten. Ten. Okay, let's uh, take a look. So, uh, again, you crack into his armor with this broadsword, but it caves, and you are able to... You see him slump near death. Now, your weapon... Does your uh, broadsword have any special... It's just parrying. Okay. Uh, so you do give him... He does take another wound, Um but he's still up, but but seriously injured. Yeah, and if I could spend two more mo momentum to do a second wind to recover some resolve here. Yeah. That'll be it so, for me. So you spend two momentum uh, to take a second standard action. Now, you've already you've already took your second standard action, so you're just spending yeah. this, the, the moment this, to do a straight-up recovery. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he reels back and then will swing again with the uh, Kasuragama. I will use two points of doom to give myself uh, a little boost. Keep doing it in the wrong spot, though. Because he's hurting real bad right now. He gets six successes. Uh, parry. You, okay, so I'll take a point of doom for you to parry. Ooh, that's a failure. Fail. So uh, you get six successes, so we'll roll those over into damage. This might hurt. He did need three successes to hit, or four successes to hit you. So it's only two over what he needed anyway. So it's not as bad as as it could be because he's seriously hurt at the moment. But he is going to spend his last two points of doom to try to take you down. Okay. Um, what uh, your soak is? Attempt to soak with whatever remaining thing I have here. My shield soak with armor okay. soak. Yep. So your armor, and then roll your shield for cover. Three soak with three armor, six total. Okay, six. That's good. So uh, you take one point of physical damage, but he did have two effects. So your the fire uh, is extended for additional time. Um, you take a little bit of damage, and then you take three points of vigor and three points of resolve damage from the fire. That's, I mean, it's 
burned most of your hair off at this point. Your <laughs> eyebrows are gone. Uh, you're feeling your skin start to shrivel and bake against your bones. Um, but I'm on my last breath here. You're on your last breath. He appears to be on his last breath as well. And at that moment, Sobek finishes the scroll and the woman is expelled and the rope the rope is hanging free in the real world. Can I grab can I grab it or grab her? One of the two. Mm -hmm. I will quickly get her. I'll be like, run! I'll just shout out at that point. Like, it's too late now. So I will say, run! I have her! And try to get Sobek to get out the window again and let everybody else know the ritual's done. Difficulty three acrobatics check to carry the woman out and get Sobek out without somebody falling to the yeah, ground. Yeah, I thought, I thought this was coming, so I, I'm going to spend a fortune point on that. Uh, I was uh, <laughs> hanging on. I thought this Saved was coming. One. I have not been rolling well tonight either. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to purchase the fortune point. And just because I want to try to get us some momentum, I'm going to spend that momentum. Uh, difficulty three. Difficulty three. Okay. You want to buy a doom? No. Oh my gosh. I'm fine. Four successes. Wow. Four successes. Wow. I know. I've been Thank rolling really bad tonight. Thank goodness you spent that fortune. That's why yeah. I was there. Okay. I was. I was. I was holding on to it. Yeah. Okay. So, um, uh, Zamir Sobek, uh, Aurelia, you're standing in that at that window, and you see yeah. um, Zamir with this woman across his shoulders. I mean, he is just light footing it across these rafters, jumping between gaps. Sobek is trottling behind him, uh, a little bit more carefully, but. Through Zamir's tutelage, they're all able to get back to the window and out as the fire starts to lick up to the second floor and approach and get near you. Yeah, Aurelia is going to take the time to get out that special arrow and mm -hmm. she's going to shoot him with that special arrow. Death of Midnight Shining? Uh, yeah. And she just says, May Wisher Jung feast upon your soul as she shoots it. I like it. Let's roll. Let's roll to hit. I have no doom, so he can't a uh, parry. He can take Still no defensive spend reactions. A fortune, just to be safe, sees. Six successes, five momentum. Yeah, Six successes, five momentum. Okay, so because of this arrow's special nature, he has to make a difficulty five because that's the maximum difficulty. Uh, fortitude save or simply die. If he survives, you get to roll your damage. But, okay. Um, and considering how deeply wounded he is, this is almost assured to fail. A horrible failure with the complication. So the arrow, <laughs> the arrow sinks through his body, and as it hits it, he and the arrow both, both turn into the shadowy mist. And at that moment, Aurelia, you see a string of shadow connecting him and what that arrow was back across the swamp of the dead. And you hear his howling scream as the death of midnight shining soul is sucked back into what you can only assume is the waiting maw of your new friend. And the death of midnight shining dies. The pagoda burning and in flame begins to shift out of existence. I need Aurelia 
um, and Zamir and Sobek uh, to make an acrobatics test as they fall because there's no longer anything supporting them. I'm just going to hand wave Sobek's. Difficulty's one. Okay. It's not that high. Not that high. It, I have one more fortune, so I'm just going to spend it. We're at the it. end of the night, right? Yeah. I've been yep. spending, I've been rolling like Dan, so I'm going to spend it just for fun. <laughs> so I know I will. Okay. Yeah, you guys are fine. You're fine. Aurelia, let's see. Let's see how we do here. Aurelia's fine. So uh, you guys are back up to uh, five momentum on the ground. So the three of you are laying on the ground. You're cradling this woman who is slowly coming to consciousness. Uh, Roya, uh, you're standing over what was once the location of the pagoda. Uh, there's no longer a fire. There's no longer a pagoda. All you see is Sir Drusus Jolden crumpled on the ground at your feet, nearly exhausted and nearly spent after having dueled uh, the death of Midnight Shining. Uh, there is no bone skiff as you sent it away. There's simply the chirping of a glowing white cricket in a cage in your hands. And that is where we are going to end for tonight. Yay. Yes. Oh. Wow. Thanks, oh. everybody, oh, wow. for uh, for joining us and watching this adventure in Katai. Uh, I hope uh, the players had a good time. I hope everybody watching had a good time. That's I had nice. a good time. Um. Obviously, we will be picking up next week, hopefully with a, or in two weeks, with the full cast back as uh, as they try to make their way out of the Swamp of the Dead uh, with a day and some change left. All right. So, Jeff, I'm going to turn it back over oh. to you. Yeah. What's going okay. on? That was awesome, by the way. That was a lot of fun. Like, I'm just picturing like this pagoda like shifting into hell while we're like in the rafters. Drusus is 1v1 in this thing. maggot armor? Oh, God. So I really, cool. I'm really glad we picked Katai. This has been, this has been great. Glad you enjoyed it. Uh, all right. So what do we got next? Tomorrow we've got One Ring, uh, second edition. You can see all of us ex uh, except for Aaron, unfortunately. Uh, and Steven won't be there either, but that's okay. That's probably a, a net win for us. Uh, then on hey, Monday... Then on Monday, Melissa and I will be back to holler for Savage Worlds. Uh, I am jumping back into the shift boss seat as uh, Tracy Sizemore has finished her her run. Uh, so we're starting Act 8, uh, so come hang out. And then on Tuesday, you can see Aaron, Melissa, myself, and Steven uh, playing some Forbidden Lands. Uh, next Friday, we're gonna we're, we're concluding our Blade Runner uh, our Blade Runner campaign. So it'll be our, our last Blade Runner. Uh, we, uh, we left off, a, a several weeks ago, but it's going to be the, the finale next, next Friday. And then as Aaron already said, in two weeks, we'll be back, uh, with more Conan, uh, definitely check out the, uh, the YouTube page. If you haven't already taken a look at it, uh, we got all sorts of games up there, both our current games and our past games, uh, none of our future games, but hopefully we'll put those up <laughs> at some point too. And we've got plenty of podcasts as well. If you want to take out, take, if, if you want to do like the, the audio only thing, take a look at adventures and lollygagging, the waking of Angmar, lollygagging on the Orient Express. These are all the podcast feeds you can find and get a bunch of our games. Uh, so uh, with that in mind, I think it's time that we get out of here and uh, raid somebody, uh, pay it forward. Uh, thank you to Lost Caravan RPG and thank you to the vendors. Chuck, appreciate it for the raids tonight as well. Uh, so let's go insomnia night rpg so thank you everybody have a great night and we'll see you next time bye bye good night bye, bye. bye.